Had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute, I know you. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. Feel these nipples. That boy is good. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. All right, all right, all right. Welcome into the Mike Rutherford Show. It's Tuesday, May 24th. This is 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. We are going to attempt, uh, obviously, the big news today. If you haven't heard, Milt Wagner joining the UofL staff, joining the University of Louisville uh, staff in, in some sort of official capacity. Uh, they are having a press conference right now, Kenny Payne and Milt Wagner. We're going to try to, uh, to let you hear as much of that as possible. Uh, TK, let me know when we've got that stream going. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it looks like Kenny's talking right now. Do you just want to go right All right, let's do it. Let's go right. This is uh, Kenny Payne introducing right, Milt right. Wagner as his, the latest member of his new staff. So I turned down the uh, intro music. He's playing guitar right now. To help Here we go. build a culture that we all could be proud of. Uh, I think earlier today I was asked a question about what would it feel like for me to win a championship can't answer that. What I can say is, what would it feel like for you? What would it feel like for you in this room? What would it feel like to, for this community, for this university, for this state? I'm only the vehicle that's trying to help it happen. That's it. It's not about me. It's about everybody else. And when I talk about putting something together that's special, look, we can talk about the importance of recruiting players. But it has to start with who those players are with every day. And I think I've done a really good job of putting together a great staff. Not good, great. Now my job is to allow them to have an impact. And I'm going to do that. They're going to have an impact on lives. And the next phase is bringing in the best of the best. And then now you're talking about building a true culture of winning. And that's what I'm trying to do. Kenny, before you filled out your um, bench staff for your three assistants, was there any talk between uh, you and Milt about him potentially filling one of those roles? No. no. I just felt like, for me, um, Milt's been out of it for a while. Uh, I want him to get his feet wet. I want him to come back and be in this community. I want this community to go to places and Milt is there. All right. Apparently, this was not working for whatever reason. We were struggling to get the the technical side down. I heard what Kenny Payne said. It was incredible. It was fantastic. If you were listening to Dead Air, my apologies. You were deprived of Kenny Payne's glory. 
we are reacting to the news, uh, of course. Milt Wagner, long rumored to be a member of the staff in some way, shape, or form. Originally, we heard special assistant. Then we heard that might get in the way of the the NCA rule, which says you, if you're going to hire a family member of an active recruit, that family member has to be hired as one of the three full-time assistants. So then it was, well, he's probably going to wind up being a full-time assistant. Then those spots were filled, and then it became... Is Milk going to be a part of this in some way, shape, or form? How is this going to work? And today we finally found out the answer. And the answer is a, I'll use the word savvy, is I, clearly L sat back for a while, did their research, did their due diligence, made sure that every box was checked, to use that phrase once again. And they have now hired Milt Wagner as, on the basketball side of things, director of player development. And then on the university side of things, director of alumni relations. He is technically a university employee. It's a hybrid role. He's not going to be listed on the UofL Athletic Employee Database. He's listed on the University of Louisville Employee Database. Because of this, by law, by rule, UofL is allowed to actively recruit his grandson, who sources have told me is uh, quite the basketball player. DJ Wagner, number one player in the class of 2023. We all know the story. Everybody wondering if his grandfather was going to be involved in some way as sort of a recruiting pitch, and here we are. DJ Wagner's grandson, or grandfather, is a member of Louisville staff. Now, obviously, it goes beyond this. Kenny Payne and DJ and uh, Kenny Payne and Milt Wagner have a long-standing relationship. Uh, one of the things that we did not get to hear there playing the audio was Milt talking about, or Kenny Payne talking about his first day on campus at U of L, actually having dinner with Milt and his family. That's one of his first, he says, I owe everything to Milt Wagner. So this is clearly uh, a longstanding thing. It was, it felt like a done deal that Milt Wagner was going to be involved in UofL basketball in some capacity. The issue was just how to get this done without jeopardizing the recruitment of DJ Wagner. And it seems like Louisville has done this. The other side of this, and I do want to react to some of the things that Kenny Painter is saying. We're going to have to just, I guess, go off of quotes that are, are drifting out there. Uh, shout out to the Big X technology. We're, we're, we're struggling. It, it is what it is. We're going to try to get this done. Uh, I'm not, not going to lie to you. We're recording a podcast right now. We're recording a podcast? For some reason, I'm not getting connected to the others. So we're not on air, period. Yeah. I, it wasn't okay. just the, this audio. So if you, I mean, so yeah. Do you need me to take a break, or is this how should we I do mean, this? Just keep going for the pod. I mean, we're going for the pod. Yeah, we do it for the pod. We do it for the content, right? Okay. Uh, well, we are. <laughs> my apologies to everybody who's not listening to us on the actual air. Uh, we are doing this for the podcast now. So, podcast listeners, you're in for a real treat. Um, Milt Wagner, of course, legendary U of L basketball player, still to this day ranks in the top five all time scoring. He's U of L's fifth all time leading scorer, one thousand eight hundred thirty six career points. Played in 144 career games, which is second all-time at Louisville. Started the last 111 of those games. Uh, ranked sixth in career assists, seventh in career free throw percentage, and perhaps most famously of all, led Louisville to the 1986 National Championship game. Also developed the nickname Ice for being clutch. Maybe most notably hitting free throws at the end of the, a game to beat Memphis State. Uh, we loved crapping all over Memphis State. We did it yesterday. We're going to do plenty more of it. And now it's this... Strange reversal. Uh, I thought my guy, Doctor of Dunk Sam, put it very well. I don't mean to interrupt you, but we're going to be live on back on the air here in about uh, catch down in ten seconds. All right, but just so I'll save what I was going to say. I'll, we'll restart here in ten seconds. You want me to play the open? Man, the, the text line's already not happy. Just whatever. I mean, just we'll we'll just start talking. Just let me just point at me when I'm on the air. Podcast. I love you. All right. 
If you've been waiting through the dead air for the last wow, that's whew. ten minutes or so, we are uh, officially on the air. Welcome into the Mike Rutherford Show. We tried to play the Kenny Payne press conference, and as you may have guessed, uh, failed miserably. Did not go great. I got to hear some of it. That was lovely. I didn't get to hear any of it. I was running around here trying to figure out why we weren't on the air. <laughs> so, what, what do you want me to say? We're, we're on the air now. We're doing the best we do, can. Do you want to go back to the Kenny pro- Kenny in progress? Is it possible? He's still playing, according to the uh, stream. He's still talking. Is this going to play over the air? As far as that, I mean, let's find out. Hold on, let me see. Now, Can people that hear this? Sounds strange because <laughs> head coaches typically come off like yes. they got all the answers. You're only going to be as successful as your staff. I need Milt. I need Danny. I need Nolan. I need Josh. I need Reese. I need every person that's a part of this staff, Stephanie included, to help me. Whether it's basketball, I left out a guy, Kenny Klein. I need Kenny <laughs> Klein. <laughs> so basically what I'm saying to you is that there's this terminology that they use about programs like this. You have to be the CEO of a company. Well, I'm only going to be as successful as what's surrounding me. And I need the protection. I need the wisdom. I need their experiences. Um, we have Coach Cal in common. Milt worked for Coach Cal. He went to Auburn with Coach Barbie. Um, so he's been in, in these shoes where he's coached. I'm going to take advantage of that. Kenny, 80 days or so into the job, is this what you expected? Great question. It's been, you know, Jerry, it's been at times really fast, and at times it's been slow to a point where it's surreal. Um, And what I mean by that is you have a day off and your mind is racing on, all right, what, how do I build this to what's the next phase? It's constant. Um, And until you live it, you can't describe it. It's, it's, it's really one of those situations where I can tell you what I'm going through and it's, unless you live this in the pressure of one, putting a staff together, two, bringing in players, three, do you, how you bring in the players. Like, are you going to bring in kids that are really talented that may not fit the mold? I have to be really careful and think about a lot of different dynamics to this. Because my heart is saying, do what's right, even at the cost of everything else. Mm-hmm. Do what's right. Mm-hmm. And I have to follow my heart. Name, image, and likeness made it difficult. It's made it very difficult. Uh, but for me, I just got to be honest. Uh, I don't want a kid to come to Louisville for money. I want a kid to come to Louisville because it's the right fit, because of the people the Dannys, the Mills, the Nolans, the Josh, um, for myself, come and get our knowledge. Yes, we got NIL money, but that's not the reason to come here. Come and take advantage of, of all these great people that I've surrounded, tried to surround you with so that you can succeed in life. Thanks, Kenny. All right, fellas. Just a little bit here. Bill, get you in the middle. 
let you lead off with uh, Bill, over 20 years ago, some people wanted to be an assistant coach here. Uh, now you finally are. What's the feeling being back at your alma mater? What was the feeling then when you didn't get a job? Well, I, I truly believe timing is everything. You know, it wasn't the right time at that time. And now the opportunity presented itself. I got my brother as the head coach. Gave me an opportunity to come back, be a part of a historic program where I won a championship with, which we won a championship together. So I believe this is just the right time and situation. I'm just so happy to be here. Bill, he talks about championship culture and listed off the multiple championships that, that he and you and other members of his staff uh, have. How much, from your perspective, how much of a difference will that make um, working with the kids, recruiting other players and things like that? I think it will make a, a big difference because we've, we've been there, we've done that. All of our, most of our staff has won national championships. I've won an NBA championship. And we kind of we know what it takes to to get to that level. I think kids respect that. You know, they, they believe me. They do their research on who they coming to play for. So they look at our backgrounds and they see all the experiences we had and all the things we've done. So I think it plays a big part in, in getting kids here. Milk, uh, Kenny alluded to the pressures. Now that you're going to be helping him, do you feel the pressure to win a national championship and put Louisville back in the prominence that it's been? Well, you know me, Ease. I ain't scared of pressure. You know, come on. <laughs> no, come on. No, no I, I don't feel like it's pressure. I mean, I think we got enough experience, and as long as we do our job, I think we'll be heading toward that right direction to win that national championship here and bring it back to Louisville. You talk about the importance of timing and working out now for you. A few years ago, this job was open, and Kenny didn't get it, and I wonder what you were going through at, at that time in terms of well, you know, you kind of, it's like I said, it, it was timing. You know, you, of course you would want your brother to get the job, but, you know, it didn't happen. Hey, you just had to move on and knew the opportunity would present itself eventually somewhere, wherever it was going to be. Just fortunate it's here, you know, because every, every guy wanted to play for his, or coach for his alma mater. I mean, that's just what it is. You know, I've always wanted to be here. Kenny has always wanted to be here. Timing was right for him. Now the timing is right for me. So we're both here together, and we're going to try to get this program back to where it needs to be and try to win us a national championship. Yeah, Milk, there, there's a lot of guys that played here that weren't from here, and then after they were done, they went back to where they were grew up or whatever. But six years ago, you came back here. Um, why did you come back to Louisville, and what's been the pull for you? Well, as a player, I saw how former players came back every year. A lot of guys come back and live here. And I just felt like I knew I was coming back here when all my playing career was over or coaching career was over. I knew I was going to come back here to live. I knew that leaving college in 86. So that was a no-brainer. And you see so much of our former players that still live here right now. So every time I come back every summer, I see all some of my guys, some of the guys I didn't play for but former players that live here in Louisville. So I felt like it was a brotherhood that I just wanted to come back to and be a part of. Will we be teaching free throw shooting? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but how, how would you describe you know, what your role is going to be with the players? Well, basically, I'm like a liaison to, uh, between KP and, and the players. You know, I'll kind of just 
tell them what KP likes and what he's looking for and just experiences, you know, because I know everything KP is thinking pretty much and, and them guys are coming to me. Things KP might not know that I can get out of the guys, you know, and I'll let him know that. So I'm just kind of like the middleman just to help them communicate between coach and player and just tell them some of my experiences. Yes, you know, you have different kids these days. You know, it could be a little difficult, but just like I said, you know, kids, they do their homework. You know, they look at your background, and a lot of kids, they'll respect what you have achieved, and, they, and a lot of them will listen a lot more when they know that you've been there, done that, and you can help them get to where they're trying to get to. So I don't think it would be a problem. A lot has been said over the course of time about former players and the disconnect maybe with previous staffs. How do you help create or, or create a where there's not a divide between former players now and bringing them back? Well, just like Coach Payne has said, we want to let players know this is their team. Our former players, this is their team also. You know, we want them to feel connected to this team and let them know they're family. We all family. We want our our current players to know that they have family outside of us here at the staff, that they got former players that have been there, you know, and that's we all brothers. We're all the family, and we want to make this a family situation here. So I think that's my job, just to bring our former players back. And I know they've been wanting to come back for the longest, so I don't think that would be a problem. So, you know, we got open hands to these guys. That, you know, this is their program. Milt do, you, Milt, do you envision this being a, a long-term thing for you, this position? Hey, I'm taking it one step at a time. I'm, I'm just happy to be here, to be truthful. You know, I'm here. I'm at my alma mater with my brother, KP. Got a great coaching staff with us. I'm just ready to get started and get this program back to where it needs to get, get to. Oh, it's great. It's just, you know, you know, it's, it's, it's great to just watch my family, you know, progress in, the, in this basketball world, you know. So I just continue watching. But right now, this is just about me <laughs> being a, on this coaching staff and just be a part of the University of Louisville. Milt, when you were at Memphis, uh, Dewan was there. We all know that your grandson is one of the top players in the country. Are, do you have to stay out of that? Uh, in, in terms of what happens going forward in recruiting of him? Well, I'm not, I'm not getting into that right now. Like I said, this is just about me getting on the staff this year. This is about Milt Wagner being player development slash alumni relations. You know, we'll get into that part later on down the line, but right now this is about me be, being part of the University of Louisville. Milt, how much more involved or complicated is, uh, you know, the, the job that you're taking? I mean, what things – do you see now that you didn't see in some of your, your other stops? Well, I don't think it's, it's pretty much the same, basically. You know, being at my position, I'm just not on the floor. But still, I am pretty much have the coach mindset. You know, I get to talk to the players, tell them what they need to be doing, what they should be doing, things like that. So I don't think there's any difference just that I'm not on the court doing it. I'll be off the court just still being kind of like they mentor. It's like I said, I'm the middleman between Coach Payne and and the players, and just kind of helping them get through and be successful with what they're trying to do. How, 
<laughs> well, I ain't gonna get that far with it, but we, we'll listen. But you know, <laughs> Neil, how would you describe, I guess, your relationships with the other guys on the staff right now, and Danny, Josh, and Nolan? Oh man, I played against Danny. You know, we played. We had some battles together, so I've been knowing him. Now, of course, I know Nolan. I played played with his dad, so I've been knowing knowing Nolan since he's a little kid, and I know Josh through Kenny. So, and, you know, of course, Reese is an alumni. So, it's like I say, it's one big happy family. We all know each other. You know, it's not like we all strangers to each other. So. We have that com camaraderie that, that we can have. But when you, Kenny was talking about the, the dinner at your apartment way back when, how much did you guys stay in touch over the course of years? I mean, was it something that it was, uh, you know, weekly conversations or, or, or just kind of in general, kind of, kind of give us a sense of the last 10 years maybe what it's been like? Well, basically, we kind of, it, it wouldn't be every week, but, you know, we follow each other's career. You know, everybody, all our brothers, we follow each other's career. We get a chance to holler. Like, if they accomplish something along the way, we'll call them, congratulations, this and that. Congratulations on a new job or a big win. We just stay in contact like brothers. You know, when a brother do something well, or even just for conversation, we'll call just to say, how you doing? You know, how's everything going? Or we might try to get advice from each other because we both was in the coaching world. I might call him for some advice. He might call me. So... We just stay in contact like that all the way through, even as players. When he was playing with the Sixers, you know, I played for the Lakers, Miami Heat, and I played overseas. We all stayed in contact with each other. So that's been an ongoing thing since, since I left, you know, in 86. So just like I said, we brothers. That's the bottom line. We've been brothers then and we're still brothers now. Well, probably, probably middle, the middle of the season, because I, I played with Kenny his freshman year, okay? So he was still trying to fill out what he was going to do. He didn't really know what he, he knew he wanted to play basketball and get to the league. But I think once he became junior and senior, you kind of seeing, you know, the detail that he had toward the game that he, possibly he was going to be a college coach. You played with him as a – what was he like that first year? Um, obviously, he had some big moments, but, you know, he was on the bench and watched you guys win the 86 championship. What was he like as a teammate? Well, he was one of them shy kids, you know. He'd shake his head like that, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but, you know, he didn't say much. Like I said, from Laurel, Mississippi, he was kind of to himself. But you could tell he was 6'8 and really shoot it. So you knew the potential was there. And, you know, he was playing, he was playing behind some good players, some great players, you know, Billy, Herb Crook. You know, in, in a Purvis. So he had some guys in front of him. But, you know, he learned from them guys. When his opportunity came, he took advantage of it. Bill, you were around some this past year. You saw, you were at some games and you, and you watched the guys. Now that you're part of a staff, how do you guys, the guys that are coming back, take them and move forward and, and put last year and kind of rip the rear mirror off? Well, we just, like I said, you put last year behind. This is a new, it's a new era. You got new coaches, new system. And we're just going to put them guys in positions to be successful. That's the bottom line. We, we look at every guy's ability, and we try to put them in the best position to be successful. So, Milt, from last year's group and, and those guys coming back, who really kind of impressed you? Well, everybody that's coming back actually has something. Sydney, Sydney has some good, some good moments. Ellis has some good moments. JJ has some good moments. So... 
so, so we got a lot of guys that had good moments that all we got to do is to get them to put it together all together for a whole season. Anything else, anyone? Great. Thank you. All right. Uh, rough start there, but I feel like we landed the plane. We're good. <laughs> yes, Sully, we got it down. <laughs> we got the man of the hour was Milt Wagner. You got to hear Milt Wagner's comments in full. So that's, look, 75%. Let's say a, a solid, what, D plus? C minus? I don't know. I feel good about it. I mean, I, not to, you know, not to, I wouldn't take the blame. This one wasn't my fault, by the way. It was not your fault. We've got, they're, they're working on doing our second brother's studio next door, and apparently something got unplugged while they were doing it. Sounds about right. <laughs> the one time that we're trying to play, play I think something. One of the biggest days of the Rutherford Show history. Well, I don't know about that. But yeah, it, I mean, there's a lot of things going on today. There are a lot of things going on. We've got Milt Wagner. We're going to talk about more yeah. uh, more about that coming up after the break. We've got... I didn't get a chance to hear much of Kenny talk, but I did read some of the clips. While we, I was, we, yeah. we, uh, quotes are out there. Yeah. He said some interesting things, some notable things actually pertaining to things that we talked about at the end of yesterday's show. So we'll get into that after the break. We've also got, uh, I think, I think I might know... Who Pierce Clarkson's Mystery Hoops recruit is. Ooh. We're going to talk about that today. It's not Bron Bron? No. We've got, we now know the significance of tomorrow's Louisville baseball game in the conference tournament. It's basically the championship game. It's all that matters. It's tomorrow's game. We'll talk about that. We've got Reese Gaines staying on staff. I think people are excited about that. We've got a Louisville football running back almost beating Tyreek Hill in a foot race. We're going to talk about that. We've got Phil Rich giving me swag but leaving you out. We're going to talk about that. He's from Portland. I, I, is it because I said the bad things about Portland in the past? Maybe. It might be. I, I, I can't <laughs> can neither confirm or, nor deny. And I'm a upset about that one. Perhaps most importantly of, of all, as far as the show is concerned, Trevor has purchased the Arby's hamburger. He's going to react live. Well, I wanted it live on the air, but he yeah, wouldn't you, stop talking. He, he, <laughs> he couldn't last the, the half hour that it was going to take. hungry. It looked good. We'll get his thoughts on that coming up after the break as well. 502-414-1450. That's the Thornton Sachs line. You can start texting in now. If you texted in earlier about how we were off the air and you were angry about it, that's fine. You can now text in your, your show thoughts. We're, we're on the air. We're good to go. Apologies to our podcast listeners who had to, to listen through that. I mean, we, I'll be we, repeating we, myself a little bit in the second segment because we, I was not on the air, unbeknownst to me, for the first 10 minutes. Uh, honestly, if Dugan had not texted me, I didn't know either. Mary texted me, and then I looked at the text line. I was like, oh. Yeah, and then, then, then Dugan texted me, and I realized. And, I mean, for what it's worth, though, I mean, the podcast listeners also got a, a, a brief piece of the Kenny Bain. Uh, they did. Pretty Kenny Bain's in, uh, press conference. Podcast listeners, react to the press conference that took place probably seven hours before you're listening to this. That's going to be fantastic. Good for you. Uh, let's go to break when we come back. Milt Wagner, Kenny Payne, their comments, our reaction. Also, the overarching reaction of today. Whew, big day for the rivalry. People had takes. It was fun. It's been a hell of an afternoon. We'll talk about all that coming after the break. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 AM, 96.1 FM, The Big X. Don't worry, Song this week that was made after like 1999. 
Well, not today. <laughs> I feel. Is it a year today? Or are we doing theme? It's a year, yes. Okay. Well, I know Papa Don't Preach was by Kelly Osbourne, of course, from 2007. <laughs> yeah. um, and Huey Lewis did Stuck on You and around the same time, obviously. Did, yeah, exactly. You nailed it, already 07. We're, we're already good. I, I feel good about it. Welcome back into the Mike Rutherford Show. If you uh, if you stuck with us through the technical difficulties, yeah, God bless you. you. <laughs> if you came back after the technical difficulties, welcome back on, on into the show. Uh, we did get to play all of Milt Wagner's comments there for you. <laughs> Some of Kenny Payne's comments there, and then about 10 minutes where we did not know that we were on the air, but we were on podcast. So if you want to hear what was said, maybe skip over that part. I because like, I think this is what happens when we don't like, we actually try to talk sports to begin a show. Like our body rejected it. Don't blame this on a sports show trying to act like a sports show. <laughs> I mean, the, 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 the sports gods are like, sports at 305? Well, let's get into it. We have the Kenny, the Milt Wagner thing has been strange for a long time because yes. there were. I mean, there were some reports before I think Kenny Payne was even hired as a head coach that Milt Wagner had agreed to be an assistant coach, and I was like, what? what? That you, seems you, strange. You almost kind of expected to them have a joint press conference announcing him as head and him as assistant. You Because they almost seemed to go hand-in-hand hand when we talked about Kenny Payne becoming the head coach here. Well, the interesting thing was the first thing that was out there, the first thing that you heard was Kenny Payne wants to bring Milt on his staff, but as a special assistant. He, he didn't want Milt to be one of the three full-time assistants, was kind of the word. And then you get... I, I didn't know this was a rule. I probably should have. You, you get knowledge of the NCAA rule that says if you're hiring a relative of a player that you're actively recruiting, that relative has to be hired as a full-time assistant, one of the three full-time assistants. Do we know when that rule came? It was like, been, I don't know. It, it had to have been snuck in at some point in the last like five or six years. Yeah, but like when I think about all of the like the nepotism hires in the last five or six years, they've all been as full-time assistants. Uh, the, yeah, the, so. Papa Mobley out at USC, uh, Cade Cunningham's brother at Oklahoma State, like all both of those guys, full-time assistants. So we're going to assume it, it, it became a rule right before that probably all happened. Probably. Yeah. That, <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah. So you kind of wondered, is Milk going to be one of the three full-time assistants or is Louisville going to try to find some sort of loophole? And we found out the answer to the first question when Josh Jamison was announced as the third full-time assistant. Yeah. Milt was, was not going to be that role. But there was still like, Everything that I had heard was Milt is still going to be involved with UofL basketball in some official capacity. And so I'm like, well, how the hell are they going to do this? We find out today, Milt Wagner has been hired in a hybrid role that will have him working as the director of player development with the basketball program, the men's basketball program, and the director of alumni relations with the school. He is technically a university employee, not a UofL athletics employee. If you look at the, he's already in the UofL database as an employee. Uh, he's a, because he's a university employee and not an athletics employee, Louisville is permitted to recruit his grandson, who I hear is a fine young player. Um, he's all right. As, as, as they normally would. Business as usual when it comes to recruiting DJ Wagner, the number one player in the class of 2023. Here's what I love about what's happening right now with UofL Athletics. The last, the prior regime, and I don't despise Vince Tyree the way that you do. You, you hate Vince Tyree. You, you hate him. him. I don't. You, you'd spit on him if he was right here. You, you just, you, you don't like him at all. He'd probably beat me up. I would spit on him. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'd, and I'd say I can't run away, so. But it, it felt like for a period there, people at, at UofL and UofL Athletics were wanting so much to rectify the sins of the past regime, the, the things that had people upset about the way that things ended in 2017, that they were almost overly reactionary. And it was act, you know, promise something very quickly, work out the details later. You know, hey, we're going to have all the, the seats painted red before the first game. 
And then five months later, you will not let that one go. We're gonna have ten percent of the seats painted red for the first game. Like it was, it was a a lot of little stuff like that. And granted, that was a a small thing in the grand scheme of things, but it felt like there was a lot of we're gonna do this, we're gonna do that. Boom, 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 done. This guy's fired. That guy's fired. You know, you got to get rid of assistance because we missed the, the tournament. Not so thinking on about that stadium name. <laughs> yeah, not thinking anything through. What I like about what's happened over the past five months or so, we're taking our time with stuff. We're thinking things out. I feel like if this had been a year ago, we would have just like named Milt Wagner a special assistant right off the bat, and and then like two weeks later, been like, oh no, now we can't recruit DJ Wagner, or oh no, we've got to fire Milt Wagner. Like it was, we waited, we made sure that every box was checked, we made sure that our due diligence had been done, we made sure that there was going to be no issue with the NCAA, that this was all being done by the book, and when we finally got 100% reassurance of all that stuff, that's when we make the move. This is what I like about what's happening now. Again, I know that we're all we're all so eager to be quote unquote back in both football and men's basketball. Like we want this to happen so soon because it's been a prolonged period of based on our standards, a lack of success. We're desperate to get back to where we expect to be. But sometimes in order to make that happen, you got to be patient. We're like I'm sure we're going to get the text again today. Where are all the guards? Let's calm down. Let's trust the new staff. Let's trust that everything's going to be okay. And with stuff like this, I I would rather be in the dark for a month and a half, hell, even longer if need be, if it's going to be done with the 100% degree of certainty that it's by the book, that mistakes aren't being made, that we're going to be full on in the clear and everything's going to be okay moving forward. Because you know what reactionary got us? Boom. Extortion case. Boom. Disastrous Chris Mack four season. Boom. Pink seats at Cardinal Stadium for another year. Boom. No name on Cardinal Stadium for like three years. Losing out on all that money. Boom. First gate date first game last season concession stand. Disaster. No tickets available anywhere. Like like no ticket scanners available anywhere. Lack of employee. Like all that stuff. It just was not thought through. And now we're slowed down. We're looking around. We're taking deep breaths. We're making sure things are being done right, and it feels good. The Waiting an extra four weeks to hear Milt Wagner being named as a University of Louisville employee is worth it to know that we did not screw this up in some way. I feel good about this. Is it a lot about DJ Wagner? Sure. Of course. <laughs> we gotta ask, both of them got asked about it. <laughs> Let's be real. And, and I, I mean, you knew Milt wasn't going to talk about it. You knew Milt was like, you know, I mean, I, first of all, I, I think Milt's not even sure how much he can talk about it. This is, I mean. Uh, yeah, he could, I guess he could technically is not as a non-coach. I don't know. Yeah, like, I don't know I, I'm yeah. not even sure how this works. Like, uh, I know that uh, Kenny Payne can't talk about him explicitly. Like, yeah, can't he, talk about him by name. He brought even, since you got any questions, bring it up to what the, our compliance officer, whatever his name is. But I would assume that. I'm assuming, I don't know the rules, but I would assume that Milt Wagner, in now a official capacity as a UofL men's basketball employee, can't talk about prospective recruits. Well, did you say he was a university? Or, I mean, cause well, he is a university, but he also works for the men's basketball okay, program. Yeah. I guess I would assume he publicly can't talk about it unless he's talking about him. I mean, can he, I mean, it is his family member. He could talk about him, like, I guess, just not in a way he's connected to Louisville. I don't know. Like, can, he can ask him, like, how his game looks, maybe, or how he's. How he's, you think he's growing? Or can you just say a relative of mine had a fantastic game over the weekend? Would love to see him play for the school that I played for. I mean, can he just say his grandson. I mean, does he have multiple? I don't know. Maybe. Who cares? I mean, we'll get to them later. Yeah, we're worried about this one right now. I love 
this is a fantastic day for the rivalry. Like we've had a lot of good days for the rivalry recently, and again, it's a rivalry that's fallen off a little bit because Kentucky hasn't beaten Louisville since pre-pandemic. Yeah, we didn't even know what COVID was I don't, the I don't last mean, time Kentucky mean, was beating Louisville. I mean, Milt hadn't even got to Louisville by then. Milt wasn't even in Louisville. Wasn't no. he, I? Don't think he even played for Louisville at no, that point. No, no, he was still he was still in high school. He was, he was actually hanging out with uh, West at the uh, Foot Locker up in Camden. Been a long time. Been a long time. So it's nice to see stuff like this rejuvenating things. Yeah. And oh boy, the takes. Uh, the t- is, is Twitter going off? Or is it just a text line? I've had multiple people text me about our boy TJ Walker. Is he, did he, TJ's having a hard time with this. TJ, TJ, poor TJ. He just came back from vacation. He's got he's looking nice and bronze. He was looking great yesterday. I mean, yeah, he I was mean, shining. I mean, the, the tried beer, to follow me in the bathroom. I didn't like that. <laughs> he's getting that Florida system out of him. <laughs> <laughs> he had the beard. I mean, it was. I mean, he was. He looked. Like, he looked like Rocky in Rocky Three after, he, despite being in Russia, all just perfectly tanned and and, and bronze. I mean, yeah, he's. And it just all comes crumbling down right when he gets back to Kentucky. Yeah, he's he's he's, he's melting a little bit on, on Twitter. It's okay. You refer to oh, on Twitter he is? Oh, yeah. All oh, day. no. I gotta, okay. He's referring to Uval Dor- I mean, I, and I've got 17,000 UK fans in my mentions just you know, storming uh, about this. I thought this about was this. just on the show this morning. No. Okay. And I get why... I get why UK fans are like, well, this is you, you guys were mocking Calipari for doing this with with Milt Wagner when he was recruiting Dewan. Yeah, <laughs> it was a long time ago, it was though. Like Eighteen years ago. And also, <laughs> like, look, I, I'm not going to try and sit here and pretend that this doesn't at least have something to do with trying to get DJ Wagner hiring Milt. It's look, what do you want me to say? It's still much more rational and understandable why Milt Wagner would be brought into U of L staff in a non-official full-time assistant role right now than it was when Milt Wagner was hired by John Calipari. There was no relationship between John Calipari and Milt Wagner. Milt Wagner had never been a coach. And boom, he's a full-time assistant right before Calipari gets his son. Like that was, I think, a little bit more cut and dry. And it's legal. Like it's it's within the rules. Did it seem weird? Did it seem shady? Because it was, to my knowledge, it was the first major time that it had happened. Sure. But he's playing the game. Like this is what you do. You, you get a leg up. And for UK fans to turn around and be mad at us now for doing the kind of the same thing, I think even to a lesser degree, you've got a long-standing relationship between Kenny Payne and Milt Wagner. Kenny Payne says Milt taught him everything he knew uh, when he got to college. Like it's under, it's not hard to imagine why Kenny Payne would bring Milt Wagner onto his staff in some way, shape, or form. Let, let's let's just be honest, and and Kentucky fans can't say this out loud, but they need they need to be honest themselves. They're not angry at what we're doing; they're afraid. And they're scared, and they know their little the chance of being the the big brother has come to an other end. It's like it's like it's like when, you know when you'll you'll realize this when my son in a few years beat you in one on one. But like when the dad and you find you know you got your kid, you always beat him in basketball, and finally you beat dad one on one. Like that fear that dad has of, of knowing that the son will overtake him. The son's coming. The son's coming. The son is here, and and the grandson is here, and the grandson's on his way. And Kentucky knows their little their little time to shine with Cal and. The, the new smell is off. Now it smells more like, you know, the car after Jerry drops it off to the bad, bad valet. You know, it's over. And, 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 they know that. and now they're just trying to, they're trying to chop trash. But all it is is masking the fact that they are fully aware that they are just about to be a second fiddle in the state of Kentucky. I thought my guy, Dr. Dunk, put it well. 
He's like, this looks to be a fun reprise of the early 2000s when Rick came and switched sides. Louisville fans were embracing the thing that they used to complain about, and Kentucky fans were suddenly having an issue with the thing that they are slash were. (laughs) It's the same thing. It's the same belief. Like, you know, we have for a long time, and I, I never really bought into this because I think all fans in a perfect world would love to have, I mean, we all want players to come play for your school and stay for four years, get to know them. Like, that's the best possible way to do things. But if Louisville had been able to go out there and get the types of players that Kentucky was getting under John Calipari from 2010 through 2015, like of course, like we, we were recruiting Anthony Davis. We were recruiting Marcus Teague. We, we were recruiting a lot of these guys. We would have taken all of those guys. Between the two of us, we're the only one that technically recruited Teague. I mean, they just showed up at the end and were yeah. like, yeah, you want to come? Which hurt. That was, that, was, that, one, that, that was the one that hurt Rick. Yeah. And that's why we started hiring shady dudes. And it's a big part of the reason why we ended up where we did. Always a point guard that's in our downfall. Shabaka lands <laughs> off the staff. Get him out of here. And now we've got Kamari Lance, who's related to him somehow. I still can't figure that out. <laughs> I've got like the Charlie from It's Always Sunny, like lines drawn all over. I'm like, Pepe Sylvia, Pepe Sylvia. I, there's a relationship there. I don't know what it is, but it kind of weirds me out. Anyways, we are like we are now entering an era where we're going to start doing the things that Kentucky was doing. And Kentucky fans are pissed off about us. And the reality is if they started doing things the way that we were doing it in 2012 through 2015, not the off-the-court stuff, the guys you know, taking – four-star recruits, turning them into college superstars, having them play for three or four years and finding success that way, like they would start loving that. They, we would start doing the players first thing. They would start doing K1 cats forever, K1C4. Like they, they would start becoming that, of that mentality. The reality is it's like a bad rash all both sides care about is winning. All yeah. both sides care about is winning. However we get there, it doesn't matter. Inside the rules. Inside the rules. As, <laughs> or... Outside the rules if we don't get caught. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All we care about is winning. And right now, Louisville's doing things differently. And it sounds like, it seems like we're going to start being rewarded for that. If not, yeah, you're going to have a whole lot of people being like, we got to start doing things the old Rick Pitino way. we got to do the Jay Wright way. But for now, the idea of having the number one player in the 2023 class is fun. The idea of having his teammate, Ahmad Bradshaw, who it sounds like a lot of people think would come to Louisville if uh, – if this winds up coming to fruition, he's got a connection with Milt Wagner. He's got a clear connection with Purvis Ellison. That would be cool. Getting five-star players would be cool. Let's I mean, see there, how it goes. Ross going after that. Isn't there a five-star point guard we, we've gone after as well in that same class? Well, yeah, there's a lot of them. Yeah, okay. I well, thought the, there was one we particularly offered a scholarship to We already. did. He's actually a four-star. Oh, he's four. Okay, my bad. But he's 6'6". Six, six. We love the big guards. No, we do love the big guards. But Milt Wagner, it was cool. Like, he, I... We, we had him in studio a few years ago when uh, on the Ramsey and Rutherford show, and you don't realize how cool he is until he's like sitting next to you talking. Like it was fun hearing well, there, him right there. There's a reason why I got the nickname Ice. I mean, and, uh, you thought cool it was because you, you thought it was because he was under pressure. No, he's just not cool. just a clever name. No, I, I mean the man's still top five scorer all time at U of L. Number five there. He's number six in career assist. Number seven in free throw percentage. Um, second all time in games played. And most importantly, led Louisville to a 1986 national championship, which he won with uh, with Kenny Payne. It's awesome having all these guys back. You look at the staff, and now we found out today Reese Gaines is going to stick around. Because when you found out that Milt was being the director of player development, that's the job that Reese has had uh, had last year. And so you, I think people got a little bit concerned. He's moving over to video operations. Awesome to have him around because he's a player who speaks to a, a different generation of fans. He's a connection of the crumb to Patino era. For sure. I mean, he's two the, years with both. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's the guy that we can be used to mend the bridges that somehow there's this giant gap right now between these these two you know these two eras of, of global basketball and and at least amongst the alumni it feels like and he's got to be the one that maybe kind of pulls it together but he also is i think every generation of fan has like 
their guy when they were in those formative years as a kid, when they first like really got it with Louisville basketball and first really started following it, who was like the star of that time. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think for me, it was Dewan Wheat. Like that's yeah, my I, generation. We're, we're in the same area. Wheat, exactly. Edric Sullivan, yeah, the Bradford Smith, maybe a little bit. Yeah, Wheat was that guy for for me for sure. And I think for some other guys, it was it was T. Will. I think Jack Harlow has said that. Like for his era, it was it yeah, was T. Will. Makes sense. And for another era, like my guy Logan Wade. Uh, props to him, Transy's finest. He was talking about Reese was the first star player that kids his age got to see and really like follow and form that basketball addiction. I'm surprised you're not a Reese because you are. Years younger than me. So. I mean, I was in high school when Reese was star. I was a senior in high school, so that's a little past. Okay, yeah. You're like right. Dewan yeah, was when yeah. I was like those runs to the Sweet Sixteen and the Elite Eight were when I was in fifth and sixth grades. Like yeah, really, you, kind of first. Yeah, you got to be elementary school and middle school. Yeah, to, to have that. Yeah, because you don't want to be the same age as the guy. Pretty much, you're the same age. You want to at least be older than you. And I think now we've entered an era where, for the last few years, like we haven't had that guy. Like, like we've had some guys, but like. And it can be a, a one-and-done player. I, I think for a, a segment of UK fans, John Wall probably was that guy that got them really, really into it for that year. Like, he was he yeah. was the man. Like, he was a phenomenon, and it kicked off the Calipari era. If we can get DJ Wagner, he might be that next dude. And we need that because, and I've said this before, I feel like many times, I fear that we're losing an entire generation of fans because Louisville has been either irrelevant or relevant for the wrong reasons now for the better part of a decade. And... You know, five years, six years, it, it means less to, to you when you get to a certain age. Like, time is just perceived differently. If you're talking about now a program that has won one NCAA tournament game since 2016, 2016 to 2023, that's seven years. That's a kid going from fourth grade to his junior year of high school, knowing virtually nothing about Louisville basketball outside of scandals and a lack of success. You're losing those kids. Like, my my nephews are that age. Like, they're all, like I, they're going into, next year they'll be, Seniors in high school, sophomores in high school, freshmen in high school. And when I talked to them about UFL basketball, like they were really, really into it when we won the title and they were younger. But now, like they're more into to pro sports. Like they just they, like they're they care, but they don't really care the way that you and I cared. And I think most people listening cared when they were 12, 13, 14, 15. And it sucks. But I also get it. Like it, it has been hard to be a Louisville basketball fan for the last few years. And if you want to capture that magic back and get fans of for the next generation hooked the way that we all were hooked when we be, were 10, 11, 12, maybe even younger, maybe a little bit older. You've got to start having some success. You've got to start doing things the right way. And you got to get a little bit of star power. I mean, you, you talked about you were, because you, you, you were, you know, at that age, I guess the, the post crumb, but there was some success with the, <clears throat> with the, with the, uh, with the weed stuff. But I'm right there with you. I mean, I'm 11, 12 when, you know, I'm, I'm 11 years old when we don't, well, that's their first losing record under Denny Crumb. Yeah. You know, and I and I was, you know, I, I watched a lot of. I mean, I was more like as much as the NBA as, as anything as I was even UFL. Now, being locally, obviously, and in my household, you know, U L was, you know, still a priority. But it is it is tough. I mean, to the point where I, you know, I was I found myself a lot of times rooting mostly and following and having and enjoying the success of Ohio State's basketball team in that time frame. Because I had friends from over there. I knew. I mean, I was a big, well, that's I, blasphemy. I like Jimmy Jackson. I mean, when they went to the Final Four in '99. I was thrilled. I mean, it's the first time a team I had any kind of any kind of liking for has ma- had made it to that point, and I was ex- I was excited. I was so pumped. I mean, when they lost to UConn, I was so mad. I didn't even watch nine nine title game. Well, I, I can't relate to that. Yeah, I've never cheered for another well, the, team. The point, well, the point is, I mean, when you cheer, you just you know, you just yeah, they're not your favorite. I mean, you can cheer. I mean, but. I mean, you're wearing a UC Irvine shirt right now, for God's sakes. I didn't well, buy yeah, it. I didn't, I didn't it's buy an, it's an anteater surfing. I didn't buy it. 
I mean, come how, on. How do you argue that logic? I mean, right? come on. Like, I mean, yeah, pretty straightforward. That one year law school man paid off. But <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> you just anteater surfing sustained. Overruled. What do you want me to say? Done. Uh, so, but I get what my point is. I get, I get where you're coming from. Where you know, because I was at age two and Louisville was down. I mean, they were yeah. they were they weren't completely irrelevant, and we weren't avoiding tournament wins altogether like kind of we are now. And there wasn't scandal. It was a little scandal. You had the the Mark Blunt stuff, but you know, it was. It was it was difficult. Let's talk about the flip side of the coin real quick before we go to break. What if we do this when we don't get DJ Wagner? How big of a deal does that become to people? Because I, I think it all depends also how successful we are in general anyway, though. For sure. But like, or the if he in, goes to Kentucky. The initial reaction, I think, will be pretty negative. Because when I look at, and again, Twitter's not 100% real life, but when I look at Twitter, when I look at the comments on my site, when I look at some of the other comments on other sites, everybody is kind of seeing this as, well, we're going to get DJ Wagner, right? Like, this this is kind of a done deal. I, I'm not sure it's done. I love that. I feel good about the way that things are trending, but there's a lot of time between um, now and whenever he's going to make his commitment. I don't put anything past John Calipari, and I don't mean that in, like, sort of shady terms. I just I mean do. that, well, you can <laughs> take that for what it is. Like, blame me. It's all right. He's a savvy guy. Like, he finds a way to, especially when he feels like he's been pushed a little bit by a rival that he has had his way with since he got to town. I'm not – there's a, a small part of me that is still very, very concerned about the way that people are going to react if we don't get DJ Wagner because it feels like we're doing this not entirely to get DJ Wagner, but primarily to get DJ Wagner. I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure obviously DJ is like a 65 to 80% reason for hiring Milt. I mean, there are some other reasons. I mean, like you just said, Kenny and Miller are buddies, and they have a connection. And But, yeah, I mean, the bottom line is it is all about, it is about DJ. And I think the, react, the backlash – I mean, if DJ was to go like to the G League instead of coming to Louisville, it'd be people would be you, they'd be upset, I but mean, like it would be you're gonna more get, yeah. understandable. You're gonna get people upset, and you're gonna get and, it, and of course, depending on how next season finishes out, will also determine I think how many of them are upset if he goes to G League instead of Louisville. Like we play really poorly and, and maybe don't look well, and then we don't get DJ, then it'll be bad. But sure. now, if he was if, if that happens, plus he was to go to Kentucky instead of the G League here. Oh, man. People are going to be very upset. I mean, there's going to be people. I mean, you're going to see people asking for Kenny's head after one year, probably. I think you're right. And I, and I mean, it's it's going to be ridiculous to do that. And maybe in hindsight, we'll, we'll look back and go, okay, maybe we it was we should have done it in one year. I mean, obviously, you can't, you know, three, four years later, well, like, maybe, they, maybe they were right, but probably not. I mean, you're going to see people. You're going to see a billboard probably come up. You're going to see. I mean, it's going to be nasty. All right, we have to go to break. We'll come back. Hour number two, we're going to take your text, 502-414-1450, your all's reactions to what's going on today. And we're also going to get Trevor's reaction, the Arby's hamburger. It's in studio, folks. That Wagyu beef, it's here. We're going to get Trevor's reaction to the biggest news story of the day. All that coming up in hour number two. Uh, Again, text us, 502-414-1450 on the Thornton's text line. Uh, We'll talk to you guys then. Hour number two is on the way next here on the Mike Rutherford Show. Yes, it's true.
Welcome in. Hour number two of the Mike Rutherford Show here. Lovely day in Louisville, Kentucky. Milt Wagner, back at UofL. He's a university employee, though, folks. Just don't get it twisted. Not a basketball, not an athletic employee. University employee. He's dealing with alumni. If you have alumni issues, if you want your alumni relations improved, Milt Wagner's the place to go. Uh, also, if you uh, want to be a basketball player and you need some help there, he's going to help you there. He's going to serve as a liaison between the players and Kenny Payne, is how he phrased it. Uh, one quick note before we go to the Thornton sex line. We mentioned at the end of yesterday's show that Penny Hardaway was saying outwardly during his press conference, his meeting with the media yesterday, he's reached out to Louisville. They want to play Louisville. They'd love to schedule a home-and-home. Home. Kenny Payne was a- asked about this, and he said, first of all, I love the response. He's like, Penny called me. I told him I'd get back to him. Which was, I mean, right there. I was like, okay, we're the big dog. I mean, You're the little dog. That's, better than that's Jimbo good. Fisher did. I mean, <laughs> he said, don't even call me anymore. But then he went on to say, like, when it comes to scheduling games, like, I'm going to keep it a secret. Because Kenny Payne keeps everything a secret. Which, again, I'm fine with. Yeah. Get it right. I'll be patient. I'll know what I have to know. I think all fans need to take that approach. The other thing that I thought that he said that was relatively interesting, he was asked if Milt was ever considered for one of the three full-time assistant positions, and he just straight up said no. Like he was never that was never going to happen. This wasn't going to to be on our radar. No, not happening. I mean, no offense to Milt, but it makes sense. I mean, he hasn't been part of the coaching staff in what, like a decade almost? Twenty fourteen, yeah. Yeah. Close Long to time. a decade, yeah. I get it. Uh, and of course, Josh Jamison has never been an assistant. True, but he's also been at least he he's uh, been an yeah, active member of a staff. Staff, I, I, yeah. Your point. Mills completely well been eight years off anything. All right, let's go. We, we gave our spiel for the last hour or so. Let's hear from you on the Thornton Sucks line. Download that refreshing rewards app today. It's gonna save you money every time you need to fuel up. Also, save you money inside on all the goodies they have at any one of the seventeen thousand five hundred and forty-two area Thornton's locations. Forty-four. Ah, they, they just had two more, three more. It's popping up. Yeah, They're popping up everywhere. It's because Thornton's is so damn good. They're popping uh, right outside the window now. <laughs> and we got the best text line. Thanks to Thornton's five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. Texter says, "Great day for Louisville basketball." Reading that Milt news today definitely made it move a little. Actually, more than a little. There you go. Great way to start. One for one. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, I think the, now, the the relief of finally hearing Milt's name announced as part of this university officially. I don't want to say staff. I got like word my. my yeah, we got to be careful how we word it, just in case you know the NCAA is listening for you know compliance reasons. But they yeah, always but, are. I, I, I think the moment that kind of even though like you said, I mean from day one, I mean the Kenny, I mean it was you felt like Milt was coming, Milt was coming, Milt was coming. You got maybe a little nervous once Jameson was the third coach. You got okay, well maybe you know we know this rule now. You know, they're, they're just working their way around it. I think, the, yeah, the, the exhale of relief when you, when you saw, like, you get up and you see that, you know, for me, example, that email from Kenny Klein, you know, saying, you know, we have a press conference, blah, 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 or you see you know, the, the chatter on Twitter before I was awake. Yeah, I think it's safe to say, uh, yeah, we're, we're the full, full, full salute sure. at that point. You no, should give props to, uh, to Ty Spalding over at CardinalSports.com. He was the first person I saw break this news today, and then I think uh, Travis Graff also backed it up and, and confirmed, but uh, props to Ty. He got it first. What time did it come out, by the way, this morning? Yeah, way before you were awake. Oh, good Lord, yeah. Like, I mean, uh, I'm curious maybe if it happened around the time I was going to bed. Probably 11.30 a.m. Oh, no, I was so, You're like 4 a.m. for you. Yeah, I was. Now, I'd, I'd already woken up a few minutes before that to, uh, to use the bathroom, but I didn't check my phone. Texture says, every time I hear Coach Payne speak, I buy in a little more. I can't wait to see what the man builds here because I'm starting to get really excited. I do love the— He did say all the right things, I feel like. He always, he usually does. Yeah. Like I love the rhetoric about him constantly saying, like, I, I want to win here. I obviously want to build a championship here. This place means a lot to me. But I'm always thinking about doing the right thing. Because I mean, he talks about bringing in people that he 
like you you can't be a a workaholic like die hard but also be kind of an he basically says like we don't want any a-holes with the program anymore which is nice who does i like that well i think i think some people don't care i think he genuinely cares about stuff like that which at the end of the day does it come down to w's of course like if if you have the nicest guys in the world and they're not winning nobody's going to be happy nobody's going to put up with that people are going to pick winning every single time but if you can win and have the nicest guys in the world driving the ship driving the boat driving the car that's a bonus. Like that. That's the best case scenario. That that's best of both worlds. I want nothing more than for this to work because I love everything that's happening right now. Um, I think it would just be a fantastic deal if this is the way that we're able to get back to prominence, or maybe even to create a decade that supersedes the '80s, that supersedes the alts, that supersedes what we had at the the peak of Denny Crum and Rick Pitino. I think it would be just 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 wonderful. Uh, Texas random bullet points. <laughs> I don't. I don't even know what Can this. Can you means. read it? Um, I, I think this is from this is the KRC text. They're, what were they talking about on KRC today? Like, clearly this happened before. Like there was actual news. I, I do feel bad for morning shows sometimes. Like because they, because they never, you have no. Yeah, it's a hodgepodge show. They had a show like we had on, on, on hell yesterday, most days, and then this happens, which is clearly going to should dominate most uh, local shows. But here's this guy goes random bullet points it tomorrow though. Random bullet points. They have no rules. They send bleeping razors to your house. Two, I was forced to go to Trinity, and once I learned they had house names, I knew I was in the wrong place. Three, is the Japan fiasco not a form of entrapment? I mean, here's thousands of dollars we mistakenly gave you, and we spent it un- you spent it unwisely. We talked about that yesterday, but I still don't think that's in reference okay, to Okay, okay. Uh, to bullet point one, I'm assuming he's talking about Razor Clubs, which I'd, I do find those kind of weird as the well. Dollar Shave Club? Yeah, I'm not. I mean, unless they want to sponsor and give us some, then... I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I stay away from it. I don't do a close shave anyway because I got sensitive skin. Like, it gets red. So I just usually use this, you know, this, this is me shaved. Like, I usually always have kind of like George Michael, George Michael 5 o'clock shadow thing. Yeah, you on. shaved is not, not full. Yeah, I don't go. Yeah, yeah, I never do. And if I have to, like, if I'm going to some, like, event or something, I'll do it. But I normally don't. So I can't speak to the dollar razor stuff. But uh, I probably wouldn't do it if I did. I'd just go up to Walgreens and buy a razor. Yeah. Uh, second, what was the second bullet point? Uh, Trinity, having houses. Yeah, that's weird. Is it true? Do they have that? Yeah, they started doing it my junior year. It was the first year they had the house system. Like you just like you're so you're part of like a just a, a, a group inside of the Trinity family. Yes, exactly. And you have like it's like a competition all year long for like the house. Basically, they want they want it to be easier for you to like find a social group when you get to Trinity. I mean, I guess we had that kind of when I was at Westport because we had we had every every you know sixth grade was all the third floor, seventh middle floor, eighth grade was first floor. Yeah, and there was like three teams. There was like you know. Uh, Sixth grade, you know, you were you were six one, six two, or six three. So I guess I guess that kind of has the same kind of premise, maybe. I yeah, kind of. I hated it though, and they got rid of it because they basically just started fights. Like people in like team, uh, you know, six one didn't get along with six two, and we just actually ended up being fights in the hallway over it. So you just created so, gangs, basically. Yeah, pretty much. Hey, they they started it. We uh, and lastly, yeah, the Japan thing we talked about. Yeah. Already, yeah, I was just mad because it wrecked. We didn't get to play in a real basketball with our friends anymore. Like that was the only thing that anybody I cared li- I about. I don't like that. You had to play with your house. Yeah, I, I'm my house be, sucked. Yes. What house were you? Gonzaga. Wait, yeah. Hold on, hold on. You weren't. I mean, were they named after all universities? No, like like saints, like uh, Aquinas, uh, Merton. Oh, Gonzaga is not. Gonzaga is actually a religious saint. Yeah, it's a person. Oh, I just thought it was the school where John Stockton went. To. The only thing was like they. <laughs> That's really true. I believe they since named it because they did. You have a house name, and they have like a you have like a, a mascot name, sort of like a university. Like the, I think the like Merton, like Romero was the Wolfpack, like the Flan and Flames. Like it was, and Gonzaga, they clearly did not think this through. 
they were the Gonzaga G-Zags because people called oh Gonzaga the G-Zags. They have since revisited that. I know my, my nephew is in House Gonzaga, and they have a different name now. But I remember being like, what moron? Like, like it was my friends who were like the house captains. They're like, did you guys not think this? that Like, at least be like the Bulldogs or like, something. Like, Gonzaga. The opposite. From the beginning, we weren't thinking things through. Yeah, our house sucked. We were, I mean, those house, I don't, those house names are stupid. Well, they're, they're I mean, they're people. Just go just like Peter or Mark or just name. Can you name them Apostles? That's super creative, Trevor. I mean, I'm sorry. Guys. House Peter. <laughs> uh, all boys school would have had any fun with that. <laughs> Texas, what are the chances that KP hires Reagan Ong back on staff? I don't think that's going to happen. I love Ray. Greatest guy in the world. Uh, I think he's happy. He's, he launched his own, I think, phys- uh, personal fitness thing. Oh, okay. I think he's doing okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Texas, if you thought Puppy Pox was bad, Trevor, wait until you yak <laughs> until Yak Pox rolls around. Oh, good lord, Yak Pox! Those late letter alphabet hurricanes and diseases are exotic, and Yak Pox is going to be funkadelic. I think Homer Simpson licking psychoactive toads. You haven't lived until you get Yak Pox. I finally understand sports night. It makes sense. It's too smart to be funny. <laughs> what about X Pox. I mean Zebra Pox. Trevor licked the toad. <laughs> Texas says. Texas DJ Wagner versus Brawny, Saturday, 9 p.m. in Louisville. I thought that game was earlier. I, I knew they played Saturday. I thought it was early for some reason. What do you mean, in Louisville? The Nike EYBL tournament's in town this week. Oh, there is? Yeah. Like I know that. DJ Wagner, all those guys, that are, they're playing in it. Wait a minute. If they're in town, then why couldn't they have played the Reed Shepard game? That, well, that, that's why they were playing it. Scheduling conflict. So was the schedule not on us? was on them? We have no idea what the schedule. This, this sounds like this sounds this sounds almost now like uh, somebody didn't want to play the game. Yeah, and it sounds like if we're already here, that sounds like it may have been Reed was scared. Trevor, we we first of all, you knew that the EYBL. We talked about this whole thing when we announced them canceling it. Like that's why they no, were. No, I town. thought they were just in town to play that game. No, I know that, that's why they, because we I, I went over the schedule. You just were not listening at all. The Probably New, the New Jersey Scholars. Remember, you laughed at the name of the team, the AAU team that Bradshaw and DJ Wagner play for. What was it called? New Jersey Scholars. Are you sure I was here that day? Yeah, 100%. You, you, you scoffed at the name. I they're, mean, it sounds like something I would scoff at. Yeah, they're playing. I know they're playing an 11 a.m. game. I think a 9 a.m. game on Thursday. And then Friday, I can't remember. I think that it's early again. And then I thought the Saturday game was early, but apparently, I guess maybe they moved it. I don't know. But DJ Wagner versus Bronny is going to be a big draw. Now, the oh, interesting yeah. thing about this weekend's tournament is this is a dead period in recruiting, so no coaches are going to be there. So if you're if you're yeah, showing up to the convention center hoping to see Kenny Payne, hoping to see John Calipari, you're not going to be. Yeah, but Milt's not a coach. What? Milt's not a coach. Not a university employee. I wonder if they're like I, I am curious about this. Like if you are let's say he was a coach, even if he was a full time assistant. Could he still go? Could he not go watch his grandson yeah, play AAU quite, basketball? It's interesting, yeah. It's it, it's strange. I mean, maybe he couldn't like talk to him. I, I think weird. you would have to get probably have to like just get some kind of written approval, maybe. Yeah. You know, but then again, I mean you have, I mean with the NCAA, you'd have to probably, you know, send in that form like eight years from before now. They don't know if DJ's gonna play that day. True. <laughs> Texture says deep breath, just like my book says, Virginia Rutherford. <laughs> it's take a breath, is that book. Take a breath. This moment is special. This moment, I, I can, I, I've memorized all these books. It's in, this moment is special. This moment you, is kind. It's like Stuart Smalley. That's, <laughs> that book especially is very daily affirmations. It's very like, you are special. The best is like, she always forgets to, and she like makes me read them. I'm like, I, can, I don't even need to turn the page. I've got it. Oh, the best version of that was when they had Barkley and Muggsy Bogues on there. That was a good one. one very good ones. one. I, I, my favorite one, though, is still the Jordan one where he's like, Michael J., I'll protect your anonymity. <laughs> I don't remember that one. Oh, it's so good. Because then Jordan does it. He's like, he's like, 
He's like, it doesn't matter if I can dunk a basketball. Like, it, it's it's a very funny one. Somebody did a thread, I guess, on Twitter. I came across Barkley trending, and someone just like said something about Barkley being funny, and just like the entire thread below it was people putting their favorite TNT inside the NBA Barkley clips on Did it. Did you watch was, the steam room incident? Oh, man, that it's the was best one. great. It's the best one. He's like, he didn't even get his name of the bracelet? <laughs> He's the rubbing oil on your back. <laughs> when Shaq has to get up and I walk. I assume you saw the thread I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. There. I mean, I, I spent like an hour going through that thing last night. Just, I mean, having a blast. When Shaq has to get up and walk away, <laughs> I piss myself every time. Am I allowed to say that? I do. I, think so. I mean, he, there's a couple times. You know, one, I think he just asked him to stop because he's going to fall off the stage. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Texter says, uh, I think what Payne is doing is smart. Let's look at this guard recruiting from a bargaining standpoint. Why tip your hand early only to have a transfer commitment fall through after all they're already leaving one college? I mean, I don't know if this is all by design. I can't, I can't tell you exactly what's going on. I've got no idea. Put your faith in Kenny. It's all we can do right now. Texter said, for me, it was Tyquan Dean, the first star player following. What you're saying resonates perfectly with my middle school years. Yeah, I, I, think, for, I think for everybody, Thank those you. are the years that – like that first run, honestly, both runs. We lost to Tim Duncan after he walked and fouled out in 95 in the Sweet 16. Uh, I mean, 96. And then a year later, the Elite Eight run. Like those are the, the two where I was like first, like all in, like living and dying with every dribble. And I was a little older than that because I was 16. I, was, I, I mean, yeah. I'm pretty much, me and Dwan think are about the same age anyway. But like I said, that was also like, so I mean, there were some other, but he was still my favorite. Like Samaki was obviously one. I mentioned Eric yeah. Sul- Eric Sullivan and LeBrad for my been like my my two first favorites. Like the first team that I, I remember when they were in nineteen ninety. This is how cool I was as a kid. Like I would write fake news stories in like third grade about the ninety three ninety four team with Minor Morton, Dewan's freshman oh, year, yeah. and Osborne. Like that was the first team that I remember like actively like following the entire season, like watching games, and then the, the team that lost to Arizona in the Sweet Sixteen. But the ninety seven was the first one where I'm like. Every every little thing, like getting into details, like finding out background about these guys, like just yeah. you know, reacting to every single game, going all in, like that, and then that run, of course, just every game, like call my buddies afterwards at their parents' house, like, I had to just watch, talking about I had it. Had to watch it in the classroom at a, at Fern Creek High School. Which game? The Louisville North Carolina game, the tournament game, oh. because we were doing all star tournaments for St. Matthew's basketball oh. time, and I coached a team. And I had to, I, I can't remember, I missed a little bit of the first part of the game, but I had to, I got to run, they had a TV set up, you know, on the, on the little wheelie thing in the sure, classroom. Sure, And I got to go into the, the Fern Creek, people let me go into a classroom, me and a couple other people going there and watch them the game. Oh, it's but brutal though. It was, it was a brutal way to watch. I mean, 18 year old kid, you're, I mean, this is for me, I mean, the first time in my life, Louisville was even in the Elite Eight. Yeah, shot it going I mean, to the Final I mean, Four. For, you know, for the most part, obviously, I was alive in 96 or 86 and so on and forth, but yeah, I mean, yeah, this was the, this was the highlight of it. This was. And here I am watching in a gay. I think we lost that All Star game too. On top of it, which is even more salt in the wound. Texture says, "I don't, I don't know if this is English." Uh, <laughs> TJ Walker being like this is funny of Louisville to do because they are on public probation is so ironic. What does that even mean? Coach Cal got a Final Four stripped away from him, and less than two years later, offered Ennis Cancer a scholarship after having knowledge about him being paid professionally. I'm not following the text. I think he's Are on the side. Are trying to hypocrite or something, I guess? I'm not I sure. Mean... I don't know. Uh, Texas says, do you think that Kenny's comments about having to weigh the pros and the cons of getting a talented player who may or may not help a, a team win was more about Hunter or Bates? I heard it, and I thought Bates. I guess it could have been Hunter. Um, I missed that quote, so I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he, he kept talking about He did keep mentioning, you know, when, I, when I'm talking about taking kids, I, I keep thinking, you know, is he doing things the right way? But having said that, like, Hunter, I guess, makes more sense just because Bates, I mean, like 
And Pace hasn't had any problem, though. I mean, it's not like he's had any issues off the court other than maybe just his people being... Not liking him. And yeah, not liking him, yeah, being unlikable. I mean, he hasn't... There hasn't been, like... It's not like James Wiseman like. There's not there hasn't been like, you know, there's where there's smoke, there's fire type thing. Not that I know of, but that I've I've heard of. Well, I mean, not since he got to college. Yeah. He was in those Nike texts that got leaked, which no, everybody knew nothing was going out. He was referred to as the kid from Michigan that we're helping out. Um, but there's nothing that the NCAA could do anything with. So yeah. he, like if that's a concern that any Louisville fan has, that it should not be. Like he's taking him is not going to get you in any sort of trouble with the NCAA. I think it's more about the people around him and maybe just the overall attitude that according to reports um, maybe did not sit well with his teammates at Memphis last year. Unless you're you're those same people who are around him are going to end up crossing that line at some point and and doing something to make it. And then at that point you just get rid of him. If that happens, I I don't think that'll be in it. And again, you trust Kenny Payne. He's been in charge or or been closely tied to kids in in very similar situations Mm -hmm. for the last decade. And and I think, you know, look, UK hasn't gotten in a whole lot of trouble. UK hasn't had a whole lot of problem kids that they've had to get rid of or, or kick off the program or, you know, whatever. Like they, he's, he's done a great job with that sort of thing. Uh, Texas, any info on who Pierce Clarkson was hitting at for basketball? We're going to get to that. Oh yeah. Uh, We'll get to that next segment. Texas has Milt Saturday been disclosed. Not that I know of. Um, I don't know if, I don't know if we will hear that. Well, if he's a if he's a employee of the university, then it'll be public record. I guess it will. Yeah. So so we'll know yeah, eventually. Yeah. Uh, Texas, do we really think that people will freak out if we don't get DJ? Yeah. I didn't know who he was until we hired. Well, I mean, I think most people knew who he wasn't. Oh come on, did Texter was Texter, Texter come on? Texter, dude, I knew who DJ Wagner was, and you know I followed yeah. zero recruiting. Texas, I didn't know who he was until we hired Kenny, and as an average fan, loosely aware of recruiting, I'm more than happy to have him and get the people we've already gotten. It'll be a bummer, but I'm not going to think KP is a bust. No, you're. Uh, I think you're in the minority. Yeah, you're 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 stretching when you think you're an average fan loosely following recruiting. I'm an average fan of loosely. I'm an average fan of recruiting who loosely follows it, and I knew who DJ Wagner was. Yeah, I mean, there was DJ Wagner talk on the show before. I think Chris Mack was even parted ways. With yeah. Like there was, like this was talked about for a long time. Don't get me wrong. I mean, there's probably a, a you, you could name me the top twenty of the 2023 class, and with the exception of the big guy who I maybe remember his name already now that you've talked about, DJ Wagner's teammate. DJ was the only one in the entire class I knew. Uh, Isaiah Bradshaw. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the reason I can't remember his name is because it makes me think of a Ma Bradshaw, the uh, wrestler. Oh, Texas, the Razor Club reference was for Norm McDonald losing ads. I was hoping that that's what that was about. Oh, okay. But yeah, I haven't th- seen that clip yet. Yeah. Thank you for uh, thank thank you for listening and reacting to that. Yeah, it's my favorite video of all time. Like they when he's talking the, the ads, he's doing it. Nick Swartzen laughing every single time just <laughs> just kills me. Uh, Texas Westport Crips and Bloods, Bloods were well represented. <laughs> the, the Latin Kings ran that four square court. <laughs> Team six one six one six two. What sucks was I was on six two and seven two because you just basically moved your way down. So we were all in the same group. And when I got to eighth grade, they moved me to eight one. Oh man! And it was just like, I mean, talk about being in a foreign country. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like I don't know. Like some of my people, almost some of my friends, I didn't know they were still in they were in eight two and oh man, it was. Luckily, I met you know that's when I met Adam who helped me get through English. No, I- Shout out to Adam this again. Day, I still wish I could remember his last name. Let, Adam, if you're out there, if you helped a, uh, a a young TK get through English by cheating, eighth grade English, yeah, let us know. We, we'd like to honor you on the show. We got a Phil Rich made it rain shirt for you. I'll, I'll get you an Arby's gift card or something. Man. Texas Beckett nights all the way. Yeah, Beckett was a good house when I was there. Beckett uh, Beckett was a good house. Beckett makes you think of the card uh, magazine. Beckett magazine. Oh yeah, yeah. you looked up your card prices. That was the thing I think of. Texas says and Sam Beckett. 
uh, UFL compliance will have to hold on. This is a tweet from Brett Dawson. Okay. So does the Milt Wagner hire prevent UofL from recruiting DJ Wagner? I Louisville, read this tweet, Louisville yeah. doesn't technically know. An NCAA rule prohibits hiring the family member of a recruit as a non-coach, but there are factors here, including how long Milton, Kenny, Payne have known each other. Uh, well, that's a long time. You think it would work in our favor? Yeah, really. He says UofL compliance will have discussions with the NCAA as necessary, but a Louisville spokesman says any reports that this is all cleared up with the NCAA now are premature. Well, I take everything back that I just said in the last no, hour. I, I read that tweet earlier, too, before that incident when, when I was kind of scrolling Never through. mind. I mean, yeah, I would think the Louisville's had to have. I mean, again, I, maybe I'm like you said, take being diligent. Uh, I can't speak it now. I'm not even gonna say that. We'll try to try well, to. Well, why it. did we wait so long? Now, now, yeah. I, now I'm flummoxed because we've had to cross our T's and dot our I's, right? I mean, that's you. You would think that would be the reason why you're taking your time. You're yeah, being, and why it would be like this hybrid role thing? Like you, you, yeah. you really thought this through. Well, I take it back. Like, I mean, you literally just called the NCAA and said, hey, okay, here's if we hire him as this, can we still agree? I mean, I'll be honest. If we somehow, if we screwed this up now, don't say that. If we can't recruit this that. kid or we have to fire Milt, I'm going to be very upset because I just, I spent like 10 minutes last, last hour talking about how this was such a great change of pace after being overreactionary the last few years. We sat back, we were patient, we made sure everything was right. And now we're in the clear. Like we did think we, we were savvy, we were smooth. And now, like, like according to Brett Dawson, no, we, we waited a long time for nothing. We did it anyway, and we're like, maybe this is okay. I mean, what's the, I mean, worse than that would be actually. It, I mean, I didn't say it's weird to say worse than that when I when I pre preface it with this, but you, we get we get DJ, and we have a de, we have a decent season. We get Sweet Sixteen, then we find out we've committed a violation, and we're going back on probation for it. We're going back, we're possibly facing another sanction. I'm begging these I mean, guys that to would not just let be this like, happen. Really? <laughs> let's let's make 100 percent sure. Let's. It can't be that hard. I mean, it's it's, it's a simple yes or no answer from the NCAA. Listen, do you tell us what we can do and what we can't do involving bringing Milt here so that we can still have his grandson on staff on on the roster? It's, it's plain and simple. I mean, it, it, can it be that hard? Of course, the NCAA does change their mind on their own rules and bylaws. Like, and, just tell us if this is okay. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it shouldn't be hard. Like it's. Like, if you're going to do something in school that you're a little bit concerned about breaking the rules, like, you ask a teacher. They're going to give you a straight-up answer. Yeah. We should be able to do that in situations like this. Like, hey, just quick yes or no. Is this okay? Is this kosher? Can we move forward? And there should be somebody at the NCAA willing to take the call who can get back to you in, I don't know, sooner than five years, who can just say... <laughs> That's a, there's the question, though, maybe. Good <laughs> God. This is... A, it's, it's all... There are, mean, no, there are no rules anywhere else. Like, why... The fact that this is a rule that we have to like have all these different loopholes for that nobody seems to understand is amazing. I can only assume that the reason we're announcing his his position and with the staff today, instead of the day we hired Kenny, was this entire time we've been waiting here back from the NCAA on what's the, what's allowed. I mean, there's like a seven step process to make sure that a grandfather can recruit his grandson. But if some drug lord from Miami wants to pay like seventeen million dollars to a fifteen year old who can throw a forty yard out route, like that seems. Hey, nothing we can do about that. Hey, leave the drug lord alone. <laughs> I'm not saying that shouldn't be fine. I'm just saying if you're going to have that as okay, it should be a little bit more transparent when it comes to stuff like uh, that. Not to mention taunting it on social media and everything. <laughs> just basically just bragging to everyone that you're, what you're doing. Yeah, Miami's mean, never been very subtle about things. I tell you this, what do you think about a program in as much trouble as Louisville fighting loopholes to get recruits? I, I think every other program that's been in trouble has done this exact same thing. You know who mm -hmm. did this? USC. A month after getting caught up in the FBI probation, they hired Isaiah and whatever the other ones, uh, Mobley's father, to be on staff. 
pretty simple loophole, and they got both kids. And you know what they've had the last few years? A whole hell of a lot of success. Yeah. Uh, it's not outside the realm of possibility. Uh, Texas says, to clarify, Ahmad Bradshaw is a former NFL running back. Aaron Bradshaw is a prep recruit. I know I messed that up earlier. Like Right when I said it, I was like, Yeah, the uh, running back from Marshall. Yeah, Ahmad Bradshaw. Yeah. It's Aaron Bradshaw. It's the, the kid who's DJ Wagner's teammate. That's on me. Hand up. Hand up. Um, I, th- I, th- I said Ahmad Bradshaw. Well, I think you were pretty me. I, I'm pretty sure I said it too. Oh, okay. If I didn't say it, I was thinking it. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. And then I think I said Isaiah too because I knew Ahmad was wrong. I was like, is it Isaiah? I messed it up. Aaron, we love you. Please come play for us. Bradshaw. That's all we got to remember. Bradshaw and Wagner. That's all we need. Um, when we come back from break, first, we have not gotten Trevor's thoughts on the Arby's hamburger. We'll do that. Mm. Second, I want to talk about this Pierce Clarkson mystery. I think a hint was dropped earlier today. I'm pulling threads. I think I may have, I don't know. I think I got a scoop here. We'll find out. Okay. We'll talk about that after the break. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 The Big X. I'm not a big fan of today's music. I'm just going to put it out there. Oh, you like this song? Not a big fan. Wait, well, first of all, I mean... I love Kelly Osbourne. No, no, you did You did hear me play Hugh Lewis News, though, right? I did. Okay, because I mean... Not my favorite. I mean, that's... Not my favorite. Not my favorite Huey Lewis song. Okay, but you love Hugh Lewis, right? And the news. Okay. Equally. I mean, that's, I'm, I'm, but not my favorite. I'm going to get mad a little bit. Calm down. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> Welcome back into the Mike Rutherford Show. You only made me walk out here once. I forget what it was. You said something one time, something you didn't like. Yeah, you were upset. And I just you dropped threw, my, You threw a pen I, and you left. I just dude, I dropped my headset and walked out for about 30 seconds. What was that? It, I don't remember. You'd think one of us would remember. Because <laughs> there's a couple. I, I know it was because jokingly, just before we came back from the break, I made a reference to the, the, the other professional. professional. But that was, and that still surprised me, but that wasn't it, I don't think. There, had been, there was something else you said you didn't like, and I just... I know. I, I, I can't remember what it was. One day, I'm sure it'll come back up eventually. Probably will. All right. And I'll probably walk out again in anger without remembering that I did it before. Question of the day. Trevor, we wanted to do this live on air. The Kenny Payne press conference had other ideas. We had to play that at the start of the show. Trevor has purchased and now consumed the Arby's hamburger. Wagyu beef... The best beef, apparently, that you can have at a fast food restaurant. The only beef that I know that they boil in water in a bag. Sous vide style. We need a review. How is this? Will you be purchasing hamburgers at Arby's in the future? Well, I'll say this. One. Here we go. I, I, I was. I, I didn't know how to pronounce it when I walked. So I just like I just asked for the burger. The burger. That's fine. Yeah. I'm and, sure they're okay with and that. Then I, and I got a little worried because I, when I pulled up and I saw Part of me got very excited when I pulled in the drive, like pulled into the parking lot. And I saw the sign on the front of the window. I'm like, "Ooh, they got it!" Ooh, they got it. <laughs> and I was like, "But should I get the burger and the roast beef just in case?" 
Because, you know, I don't want to take a bite of the burger and be like, ugh, and then, you know, not have anything to eat because then I'll be grumpy fat man. Uh-huh. But I will say this, uh, to, to put all the cards table, very decent. Okay. Pretty good. Uh, when I ordered it, I said, can I get the burger with cheese only? Okay. And the guy was like, what, you, no pickles? I'm like, no, no, no pickles. Like, no red onions? I'm like, no. He's like, no tomatoes or shredded lettuce or... I'm like, no, no. So he's like, no burger. He's, like, he's he's utterly shocked. Just reading off all the ingredients. I, yeah, I kid you not. He would do everything. Like, I felt like I was like like Forrest Gump when he went on the talk show. He's like, you mean they have no possessions? Like, no, no, no. Type of religion? Nope, no, nope, not a one. <laughs> like, this poor guy was like, he goes, just cheese only? I'm like, yeah, yeah that's me. He's like, oh, okay. I love it. Like, do you want to add fries? Make it be? I'm like, no. He's like, like, I feel like I'm really disappointing this poor guy in so many ways. So finally, I get, I get it. They tell me to wait a second. I'm fine. They got a big sticker, by the way, for those that go get this. If you are, this is. It's like an know, I voted sticker. Yeah, and it's a big sticker on the window, on the on the menu. It says, only available in medium well. Or medium rare, excuse me. So, and it was a little red in the middle, which is not. I like that. I'm fine with it. But if that's not your People are gonna be upset cup about of that. tea, then you may want to just avoid getting it all together. Because apparently it's not an option. I guess you can't boil meat and water to well done. So give me a grade. I feel like you're going to say B minus. I want to say B minus, but I think I'm going to lean towards more B, B plus. Okay. Because I would go a little higher, maybe maybe just a B, B plus if it had been a little bigger. I could have probably eaten two of these. Um, it's not. It did. It was smaller than I expected. It looked a little when you tiny, pulled, yeah. When you pulled it out, it was smaller than I expected. <laughs> I was expecting to see something I'm bigger. You, That's the show right there. you pulled it out, and I was like, "Ooh, man!" I mean, if I thought there'd be a little bit more, beef. if I can't go one day without hearing that, I swear, <laughs> <laughs> every day. Uh, but it, it, in the same lines of that ma- that image, and a nice little kick to the taste. <laughs> uh, there was we're done now. It was. Uh, yeah, it was. Um, it had, yeah, it had, like I said, it was a little, little red inside. I don't know how that's gonna work, but um, but there was a nice little afterkick to the taste to it, which I did like. I don't, I don't want to say spicy because that's that's you know not completely accurate, but a nice taste to it. And then with cheese on it, I'm gonna maybe like to maybe throw some bacon on it next time. So the big question is, does this end of the rotation? Is it right there with the roast beef and the chicken sandwich? I think so. Yeah. Okay, I like that. Yeah, I mean positive right, review. Right now, when I talk about burgers at fast food places, and I've been. You know, unlike TJ, who's never had a fast food burger in his Won't life. Won't do it. Won't do it. Won't do it. I, on the other hand, uh, have had fast food burgers at pretty much everywhere in this world, uh, whether they're here or not. Um, and I would say the Wagyu, Wagyu, Arby's burger is in the top three. Top tier. Wow. I guess right there. I, I'm a big fan of the, of the Whopper. So, I mean, it's it's right there. Uh, it's definitely above McDonald's. I would say it's probably above even the newer quarter pounders that they use the new meat in. I like it better than that. Um, Rally's is a good one. Jack in the Box is a good one. But I'm going to go, yeah, it's definitely up there. This sounds like a, it's a vote of confidence. Yeah. From, I feel like this is a TK seal of approval. They have done, yeah. Arby's, bravo, guys. I mean, wow. you have done it again. You have exceeded my, I, I, you know, you've exceeded my expectations as usual. And uh, this is why you are the top fast food area, top fast food place in America. Because now you have officially every meat available. 
Even though you can only get fish after apparently uh, during Lent, there I've realized. Arby's fish is good too. Yeah, it is. They got and they do the spice. They had a new spicy fish this year. Mm-hmm. They put the seasoning yeah. on. It was really tasty. But so yeah, Arby's. Well done. He's clapping. Based on the way that you were reacting when, like the press conference was going on, I thought this was going to be a far more harsh review. No, did I look like I wasn't enjoying it? It just you looked like you were just deep in thought. Well, I was trying to. I'm a little upset with the technical issue. Plus, I was trying to listen to what Milton and them were saying and and enjoy the burger all at the same time. I really did want to eat it live on the air. I did, but I know it was gonna be great. But you it was, wait. yeah, I understand. It was. Understand. I was kind of hungry. I mean, it took me. I had it for 20 minutes before I even came in here. Yeah, because I got to Arby's a little earlier than normal. Yeah, it happens. It wasn't cold though. It was nice and warm. Good. Yeah. Good. Good. Um, let's talk the the Pierce Clarkson thing. So. What's it been now? Like three weeks, uh, I guess, maybe a month. The, that you're talking about when he teased the recruit. When in it was the day we were at Blind Squirrel. So that was Derby Week. It was, der- it was the week before Derby, yeah, because I remember that was where we were when that leaked. So, beginning of May, in an interview with Rivals, Pierce Clarkson's talking about U of L in general, and he's talking about how he's been able to galvanize this recruiting class and you know get excitement for the class of 2023 when it comes to football. And he throws in there a little mention of, and we got a basketball player coming too. Like, like that I know about that's going to blow people's minds. And, like, we're taking over. Like, it's not just football. It's going to be all sports. And when Keith was on on Friday, Keith Wynn, he was talking about how when he read that, he noticed that, like, Clarkson follows, I guess, the number one female basketball player in the class of 2024 is a California girl who Clarkson follows and she follows him. And he's like, I was thinking it was her. Like, I've, I've, I feel like I've got a beat because okay. he didn't specify men's or women's. But True. then in a subsequent interview a few days later, Clarkson does, he reiterated the same thing and says men's basketball player. It's going to blow people's minds. Like, we got this going on. Okay. So today. You think people were asking about probably her, probably, you think? I, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. But, like, he just, for whatever reason, the next time he talked about it, he did say specifically men's basketball player right. is going to commit. He knows it. Doesn't know when it's going to happen, but he's he knows. It's like a gender reveal of recruiting. Kind of. <laughs> Today on um, Middays with Marcus Maven. We love Marcus and Steve. It's a good show. You should listen to it. Um, only because you've already listened to TJ and, and, and Nick. It's from 7 to 9. They're on from 9 to 11 again. But if, you, if you've listened to the 7 to 9 show, then you listen to Maven and Rummage from 10 to 12. You get that company together. I guess you get that company loyalty out. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, they had... From Sports Illustrated on their show today, was it? I think his first name is James Jordan. Um, James or Jordan, or was it James Jordan? No, his last name is Jordan. Um, Jason Jordan from Sports Illustrated was on his show early, their show this morning. Also a WWE wrestler. Yeah, talking recruiting, talking you know Louisville, Kenny Payne, who they're going after. Obviously, DJ Wagner was discussed. Um, our guy, not a Mod Bradshaw, was discussed. All that good stuff. He's going to always be a Mod Bradshaw now. Now he is. <laughs> See, I also think of like Ahmad and Bradshaw, the wrestlers, like together, like yeah. Nation of Domination. Nation. At one point, and you can go back and listen to the interview for yourself, he kind of seemed to slip up and say that Jamari Phillips, who's a, a, a prospect from the class of 2024, has committed to Louisville or is going to commit to Louisville. It was kind of like, like the way he said it, he was kind of like, ooh, and he kind of caught himself. Jamari Phillips, he's a 2024 player, so a, he'll be a junior next season in, in college. Yeah. He has widely been presumed to go to UCLA because he's from Modesto, California. California prospect. Five-star player. He's ranked by the the 24-7 sports composite rankings as the number 15 overall player in that class. 6'3 shooting guard. He was offered by Louisville first week of May. Interesting. UCLA seems to be his frontrunner. He's been offered by Cal. He's been offered by Kansas. He's been offered by Illinois. Louisville's the first kind of school from... This part of the country, 
to oh, really you say Cal, you mean California. California. Okay, yeah, not, okay. Not, not Kentucky. Yeah, it must have been. Okay, yeah, yeah. To really get in on it. Now, maybe this is just a, a happy coincidence. Maybe it's just, uh, I don't know. But California kid. Isn't Pierce Clarkson from uh, Men- is it, uh, Mencino or whatever? He is from Bellflower because he goes to St. John Bosco. They're not all that close. Okay, I would But sure. California's California. If you're a high-level athlete in that state, I assume you're going to run into That's another high-level high athlete from like that state. It 10 hours to go from top to bottom. Well, <laughs> hey, if you're a high-level athlete in the Midwest, I think you're going to run into another high We're talking five-star kids in most sports. Right. I'm sure that they are aware of each other's existence. Just saying, 2024 prospect would make a big splash for sure. A lot of people think he's going somewhere else, which is kind of what Clarkson was alluding to. Maybe I'm wrong here. I mean, he seems to be West Coast leaning at this point at least in terms of the interest in him people have thought that he's going to be a ucla guy like it's just kind of been assumed for a while well we don't have to worry about ucla we can take mccronan we'll take his milkshake and like it jamari phillips just, do i need to try google him his nickname who jiggy jamari jiggy phillips i'm all about him yeah, i want this to happen playing, now. yeah now i want this to happen um that's a pretty far in the future though yeah 2024 but still like that's a big splash of course he could be classified but uh, I mean, because yeah, I guess I'll make. I just we never his name never. I guess it came on our radars. No, because I mean, initially we just went right to next year's class, right? Yeah. I mean, when you hear that, you just automatically think we went down the list. Yeah, and that's when we ended up at Bronny James. We're like, ooh, <laughs> Bronny. I'm still not. I'm still not denying that. I think Bronny's. You can lock it up. Bring Bronny to Louisville. Let's make it happen. Um, still, po- yeah, he we, is coming to Louisville. We can get Bronny and Jiggy. Twenty twenty three and twenty twenty four. We're good. But pulling some threads, I thought, yeah, there might be something there. Keep an ear out. We might be okay there. I'm excited. (laughs) There you go. That's the the mystery recruit talk for today. (laughs) At least the the best part is is that I'm probably, while I've already kind of already forgotten his name, I won't forget Jiggy. You can't forget Jiggy. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Let's talk about baseball real quick. Over at the, the ACC tournament today, pool play started. Louisville won't play its first game until tomorrow. And we now know that Louisville, like the only game that matters in pool play is tomorrow's game. Because today you had 11 seeded Pitt taking on 7 seeded Georgia Tech. Tomorrow is second seeded Louisville taking on 11 seeded Pitt. And then Louisville and Georgia Tech are going to play on Thursday morning. But the pool thing is weird. Essentially, like Louisville had to beat whoever won today's game to have a shot at winning the pool or, or to win the pool. Okay. And now because Louisville automatically advances in a three way tie by being the highest seeded team. It doesn't matter. Like, like Thursday's game has absolutely zero meaning. Well, hold on, I'm confused. So, so wait a minute. what happened today that me- means now it means nothing? Did, did Pitt and Pitt? I haven't gotten there yet. Okay, good. Okay, okay. Make sure. I'm gonna get there right now. Okay, hey, you're like Louisville doing the hiring the staff. Exactly. You know? I'm dragging your feet over here. Setting the table. We had a short show today, buddy. Come on. Yeah, we're off at five thirty today. <laughs> which I think that now people listening maybe not didn't hear at the beginning because we weren't on the air. We are off the air at five thirty. Um, Pitt upset Georgia Tech. Okay. Fairly handily. Uh, 12 to 6 is the final. All right. This means now that the winner of tomorrow's game between Louisville and Pitt wins the pool, advances to the semifinals. George, the Georgia Tech game is completely meaningless. If Louisville loses, Pitt goes uh, 2 and 0, boom, they're through. If we win, 
if we lose to Georgia Tech, it doesn't matter. That would set up a three-way I mean, tie. We that, advance. Wouldn't that have mattered anyway? Georgia Tech had beaten Pitt today then? No, we would have had to have beaten Georgia Tech. Oh, because we're playing Pitt. I got, yeah. I got you. Okay, because we're playing Georgia Tech on Thursday. Yeah, the, the schedule is set. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Which is why the way that the tournament is set up, and I get why they're doing it. They want to avoid the possibility of a team having to play more than four games and ruin its pitching before going into regional play. But you you put yourself in a situation every single year where like at least three or four sometimes more of these games in pool play just don't matter before they even start. Like, you know going into them, they don't matter at all. I swear we spent like 20 minutes talking about this state and not once did we go, well, Pitt actually bids, wins it, then I guess we're pretty much in, right? Well, I, no, we're, I said that. Did and you, we're, we're not sure? pretty much in. We have to beat them. Well, we still have to beat them. But Tomorrow's I mean, game is the championship game for yeah, our pool. Yeah, but I don't, think, I don't think that came up in our conversation yesterday. I think it did. I think you just weren't listening. No, I think you just don't think – I think you said it, but you didn't say it. I think I said it. <laughs> Maybe you were talking to Mary about it. No. <laughs> it was discussed. The, this happened a couple of years ago, too, where whoever won, like the first game we played, was going to advance, and that's where we are now. So 11 a.m., first pitch. Somebody texted me or t- sent me an email earlier today. I think it was an, is an email or a DM asking – so. Tomorrow's game and Thursday's game are on Bally Sports South. And they were like, why? We have the ACC network. Why are we not playing these games? And my answer was, I've got no bleeping idea. I would like. Somebody answer. If anybody out there listening has an answer that makes any sort of sense, isn't the whole point of having a network specifically for stuff like this, where the early games of a conference tournament that maybe aren't of interest to the national audience but are of interest to this specific niche audience should be broadcast on this network instead of a network that a lot of people a lot more people don't get than do get acc network it is it's maddening i mean can't i mean i, I can only assume like they're just because they're airing maybe another acc is there another game going on at the same time as no they, they're all played at one stadium all these games are played oh, at the same then, stadium they have no, yeah, they, there's I no mean, excuse for it yeah so instead we're gonna pick what's the like the, the, the classic coach k saved coach k or something are we play? replaying packer and durham for the third time <laughs> what is going on that we can't watch the, i am i am actually partially curious what they're gonna have on the guide now i want to look it up yeah i, I kind of want to know too like what bumps a live i bet it's like an old game acc baseball game packer durham is the Packer Durham listed on there? Here's what was on today instead of airing the games. Packer and Durham from 9 to 12. First pitch was 11 a.m. What, and what then, time does Packer Durham go live, by the way? Well, 6, 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. Then they replay it from 9 a.m. To, to, to noon. And then at noon, they replayed the Louisville spring game from noon to 2, which wasn't even a spring game. Oh, crap. I could have recorded it. I never got to record the first time. I I and then from 2 to 5, they replayed Central Florida versus Louisville from this past year in football. I'm glad I didn't record that. Well, actually, that's the one, no, this show that's the one we want. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. And then they've got the Boston College spring game from 5 to 7. There's nothing live that they're showing. There's no live programming. Is there, I, I, is there some sort of cap on how much baseball they he, can show? That, I mean, is there something to do? Well, I mean, because I would say maybe it's because ESPN wants to put on their ESPN Plus part package and this is ridiculous. But it, it's not even on that. It's on Bally's. Why have this network if you're not – like, this should be, like, all ACC tournament week on the ACC network. Yeah. Live games. Listen, for what you can I, – I, I can't speak for the Pac-12, and I don't watch SEC enough because it's it's in, like, a different area than all the other channels. It gets in, like, the 500s, even in HD, uh-huh. where everything else is in 900s. But, like, I – can't help but see the, the the Big Ten Network on a regular, you know, more often than not, because it's right there with all my other sports channels. Yeah. I stop on it sometimes. They they seem to always are constantly showing all their un, you know you know other sports, their baseballs and, and so on and so forth all the time. They're not really showing like 
I mean, they show replays of games, but it's like at night when nothing else is on. Yeah, what are we doing here? I mean, come on. I, I know that the ACC I mean, does. shown up by the Big Ten. I know the ACC, because people always ask why we have a, a handful of basketball games that are on Valley Sports South. used to be Fox Sports South. And the issue is Louisville has, the ACC has a pre, pre-existing contract with what used to be Fox Sports Network, now Valley Sports Network, that they can't get out of. They've tried to buy their way out of it. And essentially... A certain amount of games have to be broadcast on this network every single year, and usually it's you know it's it's the crap games. It's it's the they get to pick and choose what they want. But in a situation like this, where you've got there's no competing. It's not like they've got five basketball games on a Wednesday night, and they're picking the best ones for the ACC network, and the other ones are on ESPN, and the leftovers get Bally Sports South. This is the only show in town. These are the only live games going, and it's not like baseball is not a sport that resonates with their audience. Baseball is probably the fourth biggest sport in the ACC. Like it's the the two basketballs and then football. Like this is a huge baseball conference. It's baseball country. They draw, they get big crowds at these tournaments. They get big crowds at these games at North Carolina and Georgia tech and Florida state and Miami and Louisville. And to not show these games when there's quite literally nothing else going on in favor of showing spring games and 18 straight hours of Packer and Durham talking about God knows what. Probably previewing the game. You could be airing what are we doing here? What's the point of the network? And I know I mean, we've talked about this before. And the other, what also just worries me about this being on Bally's is I still have nightmares in, of what they did to us in the baseball game was the last year before where we went to extra innings and they just cut it off. because And they went, they, they cut off to go to something live. Yeah. They cut off to re-air like a strongman contest from 10 years ago. Like, it was Lou Ferrigno, like, pulling a bust with his teeth. It was annoying. I mean, I was like, you got to be kidding me. Um, Texas says Louisville and UCF football is on something currently. Yeah, I, I don't What are you doing? Uh, Texas says, does Louisville throw a bullpen day tomorrow to save the starter, uh, Friday starter for Friday? I don't know if they've announced. I would assume that Jared Poland is going to start tomorrow because he started on Thursday last week with the series being bumped up. I mean, why not start him? I mean, he's going to have time to rest after this for the next the actual tournament anyway, won't he? Yeah, and I guess if you wanted to throw him potentially a, a couple of innings in the semifinal game or the championship game, you could. Um, I, I don't think you would do that at the risk of him not being fully ready to go for the regional next week, but I would assume we're going to see Poland tomorrow. The The question would be, I feel like you just keep the rotation in, in, intact right now for, I know that Thursday's game against Georgia Tech doesn't matter, but Let's be real. Like whoever we thrown in there as the number two guy has not done a good job anyway. Like just <laughs> let him go. If we it doesn't matter that the game wins or loses, like why not just go ahead and throw him and then maybe throw Tate Keener in the semifinals and make it a bullpen day again uh, if you get there. But I would I would assume they're going to throw Poland tomorrow. He's had almost a full week of rest. He should be good to go. And then if you want to rest him for a full week before the regional starts next, uh, probably Thursday or Friday, then he'll be fully rested. And and you also, you know, depending on how much of a deal you want to make out of winning this tournament, you could bring him back for at least a couple of innings to get you kickstarted on in a semifinal game or a championship game. But you want to advance. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I would be willing to bet that they throw Poland. Texas says, uh, <laughs> did you know that black peonies are bigger than white peonies? <laughs> I was really hoping that Jamari Phillips' nickname was going to be Dumbledore or Dumbledorf. <laughs> our Harry Potter knowledge. Harry Potter <laughs> Blew up in our face. Takes it airing the class that saved Coach K for the 1,000th time. Love how the sh- that show blames the only reason Duke lost the 1986 championship game, Louisville, is because of a bad blocking call against Duke. And also, it's not even a bad call. They keep showing the replay. They're like, uh, it's obviously bad. I'm like, no, it's not. Like, that's the right call. What are you all 
complaining about. They never mentioned Danny Ferry being a bad sport and trying to throw the throw ball. Throw the ball. And, uh, was it Jeff John, Hall? Jeff Hall, yeah. Yeah, and then Hall like, like, Dex them pretty much. Just like yeah. drills them. It's, it's the best part. Every time the camera's panning away, I'm like, take it back. What are yeah, you doing? No, it's one of the, yeah. What's wrong with you all? Danny Ferry ended up becoming just a little whiny little punk. He did. He's the guy that refused. Started right then. I mean, when he got drafted number two behind Ellison, he refused to, he said, I'll go play in Europe instead of playing for the Clippers. And that's what he did. Did he really? Yeah. It's like he, did, he refused to play for the Clippers. And then, then the Cavs gave him a buttload of money to come over here. And that was, well, that was a mistake. Oh, my God. There's a. Mass shooting at an elementary school in I Texas. I see that, yeah. Oh, good I lord. Just, yeah. 14 students, one teacher killed. Jesus Christ. Um, well, I don't know. You transition from that. Um, yeah, I did want to. He's a kill the move. Well, I mean, man. I just saw that. I mean, it's good lord. I mean, every bleeping day. Um, I, I did want to say, quick, um, much, much anyway? lighter note. Um, my favorite tennis player of all time retired today. His last match, Joe Willie Sanga. He looks like Muhammad Ali. Fell in love with him at the 2007 Australian Open. Always thought he was going to wind up winning a Grand Slam title. Did not. Uh, came close several times. But he, he's a Frenchman. Played in the French Open. Decided it was going to be his last hurrah. And it was super sad. I mean, he's serving. He's down. He's about to go down 6-0 in the last set. And you could tell like, it's, it's over. And he's tearing up. But love Sanga. Love Sanga Ali. Could have been a, a superstar if the injuries hadn't got him. Or if he was born in a different era. But going to miss him. A holding on for hope Federer plays forever because he makes me still feel young. There is something about that, like having that North Star. Like if Roger Federer was this good when I was 18 years old, I and he's still playing deep into major Grand Slam tournaments. I can't be that old, how right? Is he? He's like 40, 42 now. It's how people feel. I think it's I think it's a big part of the reason why people get so into Tiger Woods because it's a like, like it makes you feel better. Like it makes you feel like death is farther away, right? Like if he's still doing this and he was kicking ass at night in 1997 and he's still out there winning masters in 2020 or 2019, then like, you know, we, we can't be that old. Right. I think it's, there's a comfort to it. Am I wrong? I guess I can see that right reasoning, except I, you know, well, all my favorite players retired like a decade and a half ago. So. Well, I mean, again, again <laughs> most of that's true, but you have to have a few out there. Like, I don't know. Does Michael Chang still play tennis? Michael Chang's gone. He's not, he's not playing. He, he just retired because he, he was too good. Just too good. Just gave. Did up. he ever win any majors? I don't think he ever won a Grand Slam. I think or he, Grand Slam. Is that, okay, it's great. Majors in saw and hockey. I'm Trevor, come on. Get it right. Get, get it with, the, get get the program. Stupid. 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 <laughs> Major is golf. Grand Slam is tennis. Tennis. Right? He okay. played in two finals. He never won them. He played in the uh, U.S. Open final in 96, which was, I guess, the most famous run, and then also the Australian Open in 96. But um, still a badass. He was. Just, he, again, born he in the wrong the era. Reebok commercials. Born in the wrong era. Him he, and Andre Agassi were rivals, right? He's the Chris Bosh of uh, Chris of that era of American tennis. <laughs> no, he's just like he's just like all my other. I'm a huge Reggie Miller fan. Always a bridesmaid, never a bride. That's how. That's where. That's where all my fan bases are. He'd be a superstar now. Look, American men's tennis needs a star. He would have been. He'd be that if he'd been born twenty years later. Yeah. Uh, let's take a break. When we come back, five o'clock hours up. We'll revisit some of the milk discussion. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the uh, uh, the hockey last night because something happened that was very very cool. I want to crap this. on Blues fans. I'm excited about that. Uh, and we'll take more of your texts. Five zero two four one four fourteen fifty is the number. We we'll right back. Uh, Thirty minutes left in the show. We got to wrap up early to hand the baton over to Nick Kern and the Louisville Bats. We'll do that coming up here after the break on fourteen fifty the Big X.
Alright, now this is my favorite one that we played before. You know. I'm a big fan of the song. I have a guess about the theme. Because you said it was a year, and typically you're, every now and then you just do a year out of, out of the blue, but a lot of times you do it based on There's something that's happened something today. Connected, yeah. I'm going to guess 86 because Milt Wagner hired at UofL today, led Louisville to the 86 championship. Am I correct? You are correct. Okay. okay. I, I felt pretty good about that. I knew it was the 80s, obviously. There we go. All right. Papa Don't Preach, of course, Kelly Osborne though, 2007. The, the better version of the song. I don't even know if that was 2007. I mean, I don't know what's more wrong. You're probably the year it came out of the fact you think it's a better version. I, mean, I really don't. I mean, I know you don't, but it's like, yeah. Well, I kind of do. The, the original's not that great. No, it's like, <laughs> like oh, that Ghostbusters uh, 2016, man, that was a good one. Uh, the 83 one. Uh, God, you, you, you are so about that Ghostbusters. You just will not let it go. <laughs> what? You bring it up example? pretty frequently. You bring it up all the time. You're upset about it. You I hate like, that I Ghostbusters. I like new Coke, not classic Coke. Um, before we before we get into the discussion, again, we are out of here at 5.30 today. The Louisville Bats taking on the Omaha Storm Chasers. Uh, at, uh, the, the coverage is going to start at 5.30. Nick Kern and company. Cool name, by the way. Fantastic name. Yeah. We'll, we'll hand the baton to them. Uh, this is a true story, Trevor. So I was told at, at a certain age, I've got to start wearing sunglasses when I'm outside. I've got these bright baby blues. They they don't do well in the sun. You got to protect too. them. I, you and me both. We got we got we got the eyes. I didn't want to. They were like, you know, I just didn't want to wear sunglasses. They're like you, you need to start doing this, or your eyes are going to be blown to hell. Uh, that, not exactly what the doctor said. I'm paraphrasing. That's what my doctor told me. Yeah, just those exact words, blown to hell. Yeah. So I started going out and getting sunglasses, and I kind of got really into sunglasses. And didn't have enough money growing up to like splurge, didn't have Ray-Bans or anything, but I, I wanted to, to buy sunglasses that look cool. When I finally got a little bit older, I finally, like, I was like, this is going to be my big birthday present one year. I want these, you know, whatever Ray-Bans or whatever brand they were, very expensive, very cool. Had them for about five days, left them in a porta potty at the St. Agnes Picnic. Boom, done. Lesson learned. I have lost so many sunglasses over the years. You know who solves this problem? Tell me things I've lost in a porta potty to say that. <laughs> I'd won two bags of candy. I was just riding high. Boom. I mean, the, the list Ruined of things my I've life. lost in, the, in that atmosphere. I mean, St. Agnes Carnival. Let me get that right. They have a, a carnival. But you know who solves this problem? <laughs> Who's that? Shady Rays. Oh, yeah. Our friends over at Shady Rays. Because when you buy Shady Rays sunglasses, one, you can save 25% using the promo code Big X. Big X, all one word. It's going to save you 25% on your purchase. Boom. But you lose those sunglasses. They break them. You break them. Anything happens to them the first 30 days. Boom, they send you a free pair. Plus, every pair you buy from them goes to Fight Hunger in America. Who doesn't want to help out fighting hunger in America? Go to ShadyRays.com now and place your order. And we're not just talking about something we don't know about. You and I both now are the proud owners of multiple pairs of Shady Ray sunglasses. Was, They're terrific. Polarized sunglasses, warm in, felt fantastic. I wore mine today. I mean, I'm with you. I have I have very sensitive eyes. I do too. Like, I, like when, I, when I first walk out in the daytime, which usually, you know, is in the afternoon, yeah, like it, I have to like squint sometimes. It gets watery. Like I, I get dry eye a lot, real bad, especially if I'm. If, but and so yeah, I wear sunglasses, especially when I'm driving in the daytime. It's, yeah, almost all the time, constantly. But I'm always just like, you know, every time I'd get the, you know, I had to start just buying those the real cheap ones because I would, yeah, I'd lose them, I'd break them, I'd forget where I put them, and 
it happens, you know. I them on top of my head. Next thing I know, I forgot. Oh, did I take them off the top of my head? Oh, so where are they at? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Looking for I, I, These are nice. They gave, we got some yesterday. Yeah. ShadyRays.com. Going to solve all your problems. Check them out today. Use that promo code BIGX. It's going to save you 25%. You can't go wrong there. 25% off and get a free pair if you lose them. 30 days. It's going to be good. Look at you. How mad are you about? I've got my Phil Rich t shirt. my face. I've got a Phil Rich t shirt. He's from Portland, by the way. He's um, a, no. No, he's not. He's from Portland. He's from Portland. And we've got an umbrella. I got a Phil Rich umbrella. So I've got the Phil Rich uh, Law umbrella logo on the front, and then on the back it just says Phil Rich Law. When you're in pain, Phil Rich makes it rain. And that number five zero two three six five nine four three eight. I kind, I kind of the only. This is why you get into the biz. The only issue with the shirt that I wish is on the back. I really wanted to say he's from Portland. <laughs> yeah. I kind That's of, the next version. That was the one I wanted. When you when you showed me one, I, as soon as I saw the, the the front of it, I was like, you got to be. How did you get this? I mean, is it just because they? Am I going to get the oh, well, we didn't have it in your size excuse? I mean, it is the Mike Rutherford show. I feel like uh, you constantly need to be reminded of this. I don't like saying it, but you like almost every day put me in a position where I have to reiterate that. Yeah, but I'm like right. There. I should get some like at least like it's your show too. You're right. Yeah, like some some you know hanger on swag. You know, like I, you know, you know, if you you know the guy that follows, you know, your buddy who's the celebrity, you know, even like E and Turtle got a little side action off of off knowing E. I we mean, just talked about how you got Shady Ray sunglasses I, for free oh, that's yesterday. True, that's true. You're right. You want, now you want the Phil Rich garb too? You can't have it all. Can I at least have the umbrella? You can have the umbrella. I don't think I'll give you the umbrella. I've never used an umbrella in my life. I'm not big on umbrellas either. I, I mean, if it rain, if it's raining. I mean, I'm just gonna just go to my car. If I get a little wet, I get a little wet. I've never been. I guess it's maybe because I'm not one to like. You know, walking around regularly on a regular basis. Even when I was like as a kid, I'd walk. I'd just get rained <laughs> on. Around. Yeah, I'm walk around too much. Um, that makes sense, right? I mean, it's believable. <laughs> let's talk about it. We, 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 obviously, we spent a lot of time on Milt Wagner being hired, the reaction to that, the DJ Wagner stuff, the kerfuffle between U of L and UK fans, the, the rivalry growing, all that good stuff. We mentioned Louisville baseball, the ACC tournament, kicking off play tomorrow at 11 a.m. It could be a short stay. If they lose tomorrow to Pitt, they have to still play the game against Georgia Tech against Thursday. But regardless of what happens tomorrow, Thursday's game against GT is meaningless. Beat Pitt tomorrow, you're into the semifinal round. Lose to Pitt tomorrow, you're not going to play past past uh, past Thursday. So Can we play anybody of relevance if we beat Pitt and Georgia Tech has to still have to play Georgia Tech game. Can we just go to the bottom of the barrel in our, in our lineups to get people because we don't want somebody to get hurt in a game that means nothing. I wouldn't be surprised if they did if they played some non regular starters. Yeah, I would. I mean, I mean, and it's not any insult. I mean, it's just like better, good time to get them. It's a good playing time against some decent competition on a, on, a, on a decent stage. Yeah, and you're going to need some of these guys if you make a deep yeah. run in the postseason. So, um, very excited about postseason baseball. I love Dan McDonald talking to the media saying, "Look, we've it's unusual around here to go this long without having a team play." into June around these parts. And in 2020, we think we would have, but that season got canceled. No, we, I know we would have. And then last year, didn't make the NCAA tournament for just the second time under his watch. So he's saying, you know, these guys have more of a chip on their shoulder than really any group I've coached before because for some of them, it's been a full three years since they've tasted NCAA tournament baseball or had success in the ACC tournament. Um, we're chomping at the bit. We feel like we've got a team that should make a deep run, and, and we're excited about it. I'm excited about it. I think it should be a great time. The one thing that we have not talked about today that is uh, kind of a big deal in UofL circles, I, th- I stumbled upon this video yesterday. Shout out to my guy, uh, Timmy Smith, for bringing this to my attention. There was a video, SportsCenter official account posted. I don't know why it didn't like pop up on anybody else's radar. I would have missed it too if Timmy hadn't pointed it out to me. But so Maurice Turner, who's a 
incoming freshman running back at Louisville. He's part of the 2022 recruiting class. Okay. I don't know if this was a – it looks like it's like some sort of camp, some sort of open run, but Tyreek Hill is sprinting against members of this camp. And Maurice Turner posted this on his, his Instagram story. He's racing, and it looks like he's going pretty damn close to step-for-step step with Tyreek Hill in this in this sprint. And at, like everybody else is like way, way, way behind. And afterwards, he posts that Tyreek Hill, because he had the, he was the fastest sprinter in this contest or whatever they were, they were doing, autographed a pair of cleats for him and signed his name as like the Cheetah. So Maurice Turner, very, very fast. Now, I, I posted this, and I did love uh, – <laughs> user on Twitter, and I'm, I'm saying his name. This is – <laughs> user on Twitter – underscore just might 69er <laughs> I don't know what he's gonna say but I love the day love the handle by the way reported uh, to me that he said I was there it wasn't step for step bro wasn't even running for real buddy fast though it wasn't step for step I'm telling you which okay maybe he wasn't exactly step for step for Tyree kill but he's pretty damn close which is pretty good when you're talking about one of the I guess 10 fastest players in the NFL how, how did Justin underscore 69 or get invited to this camp first of all it's at just might 69 <laughs> which you can't do that on your own like there's I mean there's that's a, that's a two-way street that's, that's, it's not on good look the five o'clock hour why six, do we do this why, this six, is on me nine, right I mean. this is my fault like this is on me but so I will say in the video, I just I'm now seeing it for the first time on your. Yeah, I mean, it's so fast. I mean, no pun intended. But and it's the, the angle, it's hard to tell if they're really head to head or not. But clearly, like he's he's the only person that did this that was within shouting distance of Tyreek Hill. Yeah, yeah. Everyone else is way behind. Yes. And he was a guy who when Tyreek signed was the red shirt, right? That's yeah. Him, yeah. Keith Wynn pointed out when he wrote his his sort of profile on signing day saying like everybody talks about Maurice Turner as a guy who has quote track speed like he's he's that fast okay, and he's an interesting case study because he's been recruited as a running back by most of the schools that were recruiting him he picked Louisville over Tennessee and Cincinnati and some other schools and he pretty much just played wide receiver in high school so he's listed as a running back on UofL's official roster right now but if he's this fast if we're talking like sub like four three five guy we just lost Tyler Harrell. We could use a speedster in the slot, a guy who can play that 2-2 Atwell role. He played mostly wide receiver in high school. I would not be shocked at all if this is a guy who they at least take a look at at the wide receiver position this year to get him on the field. Well, I mean, let's first of all, for those who don't remember, Tyreek Hill played at Oklahoma State his freshman year as a running back. Yeah. I mean, he didn't switch to wide receiver until, his, like, I think, his second year in, in JUCO. Great point. And... I understand why, if you're Louisville, you recruit a guy like Murray Turner as a running back. He's got the same build. He's got the same running style, it looks like. He certainly has the same speed as a JV and Hawkins, who's the most successful running back that we've had in this system right now. But look at that depth chart. We are loaded at running back. We yeah. are not loaded at wide receiver. He's just as wide receiver on 247's page, for what it's worth. He, on UofL's official roster, he's a running back. I know, I'm just saying, yeah. And like, he was recruited, apparently. Like, Louisville recruited him as a running back. And I'm, according to Keith, Tennessee and Cincinnati and, and basically every other school did the same. From Douglas, Georgia. Isn't that where Harry Douglas was from? Or am I just thinking of Douglas? I think the... just the Douglas is starting to use. But Harry Douglas is from Georgia, right? He's from Nichols, Georgia. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, this Maurice Turner is. Oh, okay. Well. Played at Coffee High School. He... Two for seven needs to get on the, the ball here. They got well, it wrong. <laughs> kids transfer. 
Regardless of where he plays, though, I mean, when you've got that type of speed, we've seen this with Bobby Petrino. I think we've seen it with with Scott Satterfield. When you've got a guy with that type of speed, you find a way to get him on the field. Would not be shocked at all if this is a guy that we see on like kickoff returns, punt returns. Yeah. I don't know if they have any plans to redshirt him, um, but if he's as fast as he looks, if he's keeping almost lockstep with Tyreek Hill, man, we need him out there sooner rather than later. You find, yeah, you, there is somewhere to find and use him somewhere. Hell yeah, I mean that. The other thing, though, and everybody made the same joke, and it was a good one, though. Just keep this video away from Saban. <laughs> don't let don't nobody tag Bama football. Nobody tag you know Tide Sports two four seven or whatever the hell they've got going on down there. Let's just we've got another fast player. Let's not let Alabama find out about this. Let's keep him do we home. Know, do we know for us still he's part of Alabama yet? No idea. He, he was he's never been because I think I want to say. Was it you on Thursday? With I forget who you had in here with you on Thursday. Now I forget, but or maybe it was somewhere else I was listening to that they brought up like that you have not like there's not been a tweet or anything. Are you been like welcoming no. him? Well, the, I think it was your guest on Thursday that brought this up. That's why I think I heard it. Where he's like, you know, you would think at least there'd be like some kind of something from Alabama, like welcoming or you know nothing. There's never been anything out there on social media. All we know is that like reports that he's in the portal and he chose Alabama. That's that's all we have. Like we don't know if he's on the staff. There's nothing. He is. I mean, there's been, they, they've never tweeted anything out, have they, about it? Th- I think they did when he when he first came. Like they they did they do a graphic or something? Uh, they did do a graphic on a- April 22nd. They did it, and all the the rivals in the 247 sites wrote stories about it, saying like okay. they've landed him. I mean, he's still like, even today. He's listed. Uh, 247 Sports did their. Top 50 transfer portal rankings, like the most impact transfers for the upcoming season. And they've got uh, Harrell at 36. So they've got him as an Alabama player. He's not on the roster. Texas fans, for whatever reason, for a brief period, thought he was coming to Texas. It's all... It's a strange situation to me, but everything about the portal, everything about this whole era of college sports is a little bit weird. It's out there. Um, Texas says, can we just... (laughs) Can we just chuck balls at Turner, knowing uh, until he knows how to catch like Mendoza, learning how to stop in D two? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what we did last year with Harrell anyway. Harrell anyway, we basically chucked the ball at him, and he caught what seventeen of maybe what thirty something targets. Uh, text with this UK fan says, "Congrats on the recruit that isn't as fast as Tyreek Hill." You know who else isn't? Like every recruit. <laughs> Tyreek Hill runs like a, four, a high four two. I mean, come on, he's like a four three. I mean, granted, I guess he's twenty nine, so maybe he's lost a little bit of a step. Maybe but... a little bit, but at one point in time, he was the like fastest, or second fastest player in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, he's. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if we kind of. I don't know what his combine numbers were because Ross still holds the record for combine. At like, but that's like a four two two. Right. I mean, that's yeah. I mean, is John Ross still in the NFL? He. I don't know if he's still on the Giants roster or not. They signed him last year, and I can't remember if they gave him a one or two year deal. But he barely played last year. But yeah. he was on the Giants roster last year. Texas Michael Chang is famous because he won the French Open. But is that, okay. Did he win the French Open? I see. I could have swore he won something. I didn't think he ever. And won I want to say he did it. I want to say he did it earlier than '96. Like he did it like '92, '91, maybe. You might. I, I've got no idea. Because I think that's why he was popular, and he was on the Reebok commercials. At 17 years and 100 days, Chang had become the youngest male ever to win a Grand Slam. You're right. What I, t- year? I totally botched that. Um, 89, 90? Um, what year? He won the French Open in 89. 
Look, I, I get, I, I'm once just, again, you know more about tennis than well, I do, just apparently. I mean, I just remember, I mean, that age. and I just remember getting to the U.S. Open finals in 96. See, but, that, I think that was when I, I really was getting into tennis. And I was time. never into tennis, but I just I just kind of, I just just remember him being very popular and all over the television channels. Man. Because he had, yeah, and then seeming, like I said, him and Agassi were all over the Reebok commercials. And I botched like three things today. That's bad. That's all right. I mean. Anyway, I love Joe Willie Songa. <laughs> Can I talk about uh, what happened last night in hockey real quick? Oh, I'm. Yes. So I don't know how much you've been following the the Lanch Blue series. Just enough to see if they're who's winning the series, so I can be with you. So I appreciate that. Thank you. So I'm the one that wants to be with you. Thanks. For Deep that. inside. Okay, I'm sorry. Come turn my mic off here. So in Game Three, Colorado has a player named Nazem Kadri who. To be fair, like had a reputation in the past of being kind of a dirty player. He had a playoff suspension a few Plays years for ago. The Avalanche or Blues? Avalanche. Okay. And in game three, he ended up running into the, the Blues goaltender. I love you trying to – I haven't seen this, but I love it. I can just see you trying to like downplay whatever he did to me already because – I'm not you, downplaying. I'm telling okay. you, you can watch the video for yourself after we All talk right. about this. He gets he gets pushed by David Perrone, who is a dirty player for the Blues, into uh, Jordan Bennington, the, the Blues goalie. And that's a no, no, right? It, it injures him. Like, like, Oh, well that definitely no, no. Yeah. But he, but he was like blues fans. Were, like he skated recklessly into him. He gets shoved. Like he gets pushed into him. He couldn't control himself. Mm-hmm. He ends up colliding with Bennington. Bennington's out for the rest of the series. Bennington swings a, swung a stick at him in the past. And in the post game interview, as Kadri's being interviewed on TV, Bennington throws a water bottle at him. So mm-hmm. in the aftermath of that, not the worst things you could throw at him in hockey. Arena, but yeah. So, so in the aftermath of that, Blues fans spend the next 24 hours, again, hashtag best fans St. Louis, the classiest fans in all of professional sports. They flood Kadri's mentions. They send him emails. They send him DMs. He's uh, He was born in Canada, but his background is he's got, I think he's like half Lebanese. They send a bunch of racist stuff oh, to him. Of course, yeah. They send death threats to him, so much so that like the Avalanche people contact the police to get involved. And there's extra security at the building last night. Like He's treated by the fans the way that you would expect before the game like the boos are fine and he even says that afterwards like he's like you expect to be booed especially when something like that happens like i totally understand it but like the stuff that i've seen and like i've shown it to some of my teammates is just it's it's bad i've been dealing with stuff like this my whole life but like this is it's just you, you can't do this and so last night it's all like every time he touches the puck people are going nuts and what happens my man that's a hat trick uh-huh. hattie game winning goal too on his stick was, I mean, it, was it in St. Louis too? In yeah. St. Louis. Oh man! After he scores the first one, he gets like like Perone tries to like do this thing where he collides with him, like knocks him down. Another Blues player hits him, and then he just gets like just total cheap shot. He's on the ground, cross checked from the back. They they just bum rush him, try to beat him up. And this is when the Blues are down three one in the game, so they end up getting two penalties, go five on three, pretty dumbass move. Uh, Lance end up scoring right after the five on three ends to go up four one. St. Louis makes it close again. They get within four three. It's interesting in the third period. Bam, Kadri. Hattie Bam. puts it away, uh, and then the, the, the Avs get an empty netter to win 6-3. But just, oh, chef's kiss. Poetic justice. Could not have been more yeah. beautiful. Does the interview after the game, and he's saying all the right stuff. He's, he's being classy about it, which just makes Blues fans even more mad. Oh, could not have been more beautiful. Avs are going to win the series in five. Suck it, Blues. Cannot yeah, stand suck it, Blues. Worst franchise. Your, your Flames, they're back at it tonight. They need to win this one. Yeah, they're down 2-1, aren't they? Or They're down 2-1 yeah. to Edmonton. We need we need to come back here right now. I mean, yeah, it's hard to 
It sucks because I kind of like it. I want to root for Edmonton too because it's like root for the Canadian school I, teams same. in general. Whoever wins that series, I'll yeah. root for on the other side. I mean, I'm pure Canadian when it comes to hockey. But the Blue Jays are actually in St. Louis right now. Are they? I, I was kind of thinking about going to the game either last night or tonight, but uh, I end up taking it off because I had missed some time last week and I didn't want to miss another day this week for that. But kind of glad too because they got smoked last night. But they play tonight as well in St. Louis. And we had like, we actually got one right yesterday and on the NBA NBA side, which we've been woeful at yeah we did yeah it was a blowout last night we both said that we expect the the Celtics to win big they won big it happened the whole playoffs have been blowout after blowout after blowout which there hadn't been many it's kind of sucked like let's be real the NBA playoffs of course the one year where I'm like I'm gonna get I'm gonna get into this after the first round I'm gonna start watching these games I'm not gonna watch shows when I get Virginia down to sleep I'm gonna watch whatever NBA games on get really into it every time I flip it on it's like 58 to 27 as we start the second half and I'm like well this sucks maybe instead of doing that you, you instead of watching the game here you can watch one of the movies of here existed. we go I haven't watched anything I, I haven't even started Ozark I haven't watched anything for myself you haven't watched Ozark yet no because you know Stranger Things comes out in like three days I think well um I really want to watch this Apple TV thing on dinosaurs. I'm excited about it. It came out yesterday. What, what Ross? What were you talking about? <laughs> <That's>, that was good. <laughs> what, 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 what's this about dinosaurs? It's like a new dinosaur show on Apple with a TV Plus. It's all the rage. Is it like dinosaurs like Lamb Before Time or? No, it's like a real life. Jurassic like, Park or? No, it's like a it's like a nerd dinosaur show. Like is it like a documentary? Kind, well, I mean, not technically. They don't have they don't have footage. Well, you could do. <laughs> It's not a found Reading footage, bro. Cavemen doing the camera. <laughs> Never seen before footage of a T-Rex attacking a, a brontosaurus. Wouldn't that be awesome? That would be great. I mean, you could do a reenactment. How like, did you find this? I mean, you could obviously... Do you really, if you showed footage, do you really have to put the bottom of the screen? This is not real reenactment thing on there. I'm pretty, I know. Like, I mean, you, I mean, I don't know, man. I see, I'll see some of those great commercials where someone does something just completely insane, and they still have to put the bottom. Please do not try this at home. It is an, it is you know a special effect. Have you been? I was going to ask about the new Jurassic Park movie, which is apparently going to be the big summer blockbuster. That but I've got to ask: Have you been swayed at all? By these these overwhelmingly positive reviews for the new Top Gun, no. I know I know how you feel about it. No. Why won't you at least give it a try? Because they're only, of course, they're, they're going to be positive because they're only going to advertise the ones that are positive. Well, no, but like like it, it's getting rave reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. It's getting rave reviews well, from people who have seen the. First of all, Rotten Tomatoes is a joke in general. So you just so. don't trust anybody who likes this movie. Well, I mean, I wouldn't say I wouldn't trust anybody, but I mean, maybe they have just bad taste. Is it going to take friends seeing this movie whose opinion you trust? For you to be excited about the new Top Gun, even then, I I don't think you can be swayed on this. You, you're so stubborn. I mean, I will. Pro- I, pro- I mean, maybe I watch. I, again, I I had no intention of watching Ghostbusters Afterlife, but and then my buddy was like, "Well, just watch it. Just watch. Just watch it." And finally, you know, I was like, it was like three in the morning. I was like, "Screw it. I'll just I'll watch it." I mean, I just watched you know some other good movies. I can maybe say this sucks. You know, I just enjoyed Outside Providence so much that this will be fine. So, but you, you didn't know. hate the Ghostbusters movie, and I didn't. I, I thought the story was a little in. Uh, it was. I didn't think it was great, but I thought the, the dialogue that was was and, and was good. I did enjoy that. I enjoyed the script, but uh, this one. I mean, I guess maybe under those circumstances, maybe I will watch it. But that's not going to be for. I mean, how long is Afterlife been out now? Like two years, three years? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, a couple years. It's already on streaming sites. That's as far as maybe then at that point, maybe I will watch it, but. I don't know. I really don't. I I can't see me doing it. No, it's, it's gonna be hard because I love the I love the first Top Gun. I really do. Yeah. 
All right, we have to get out of here early. We got uh, Bats taking on the Omaha Storm Chasers. We'll hand the baton to it to Nick Curran. Tomorrow, uh, Bats do play at 11.05. I guess there's a slight chance that the show could be slightly be delayed. We should, though, because minor league games have been moving record fast this year with the, uh, the, the new accelerated rules and all that good stuff. We have a short show regardless tomorrow, too, because we have high school at 530 as well. So we'll be at 530 again tomorrow. Yeah, but so we should start at 3, but keep an eye on the Bats game. If it goes long and you turn it on and you're listening to Nick Curran, first of all, congratulations. He's got a fantastic voice. But that's we will be on at some point. After that game ends, it's probably more than likely it's going to be at three. If you tune in at least at three tomorrow, at least something will be on, unlike today. <coughs> God, who knows? I don't know how long we were. T- <laughs> anyway, it's okay. I'm just sitting there enjoying listening to this you talk, listening to Kenny talk, eating a burger. Yeah, we'll, we'll be on it at some point tomorrow. <laughs> Keep it locked here. Bass Baseball's up next. If you got kids, give them a big hug tonight. Uh, everybody enjoy your Tuesday evenings. We'll see you tomorrow. The song about the man. Do the walk. Do the walk on